For this episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, we're talking about Star Fox and Pokemon Snap. This episode's also brought to you by Audible.com. If you'd like to get a free audiobook download, go to audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs. For listeners of this show, I'd recommend Star Fox, a guide to dress skirt things for furries, and Pokemon's Nap, a relaxing tale. I choose you, rest and relaxation. <laughs> My name is Gary Butterfield. And my name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs slash Look Out for Butterfly- Butterflies. <laughs> Fireballs, a duel. <laughs> look Out for Butterfield slash Look Out for Butterfield. <laughs> the Retro do- Video Games Podcast. Deal with it. Do you want to do that again? No. <laughs> Butterfield don't repeat himself. Butterfield <laughs> in dealing with this. They call him One Take Butterfield. <laughs> they call me One Take. I see you're new to this prison yard. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're not in here with Gary. <laughs> yeah, you're in here with me. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, so watch out for Butterfield, and this is a retro video games podcast. <laughs> where we literally do not do another take. And this um, week, we are doing, uh, we're of two minds this week. Uh, if you'll remember, uh, roughly around this time last year, we did a, uh, maybe a little bit later, it was springtime. Gary, we're off the rails. Um, but uh, last year, we did an episode about, uh, like a split episode, a split EP. And mm-hmm. this uh, this time is no different than that. Uh, we're doing the Rail Shooter Extravaganza with uh, Star Fox and Pokemon Snap. Correct. Yeah. Kind of, a again, um, a very specific subset genre. <laughs> yeah. Like rail shooters. Like, there aren't tons of rail shooters, you see, especially coming out nowadays. No, no, no. It's a dying breed. Yeah. Like Panzer Dragoon? Rez. Well, yeah, Rez. Like, yeah, it doesn't come up very often, though. Panzer Dragoon Orta? Yeah. Well, it, well, yeah, one of them's an RPG. Oh, Saga is an RPG. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Child of Eden, which actually is a really I, good game. I like that. I don't, I've never heard of that. Yeah, that's uh, that was one of like the Connect Killer apps. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you could play with a controller, which is how I did it, because fuck buying yeah, a Connect. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to Well, and fuck playing with a Connect. <laughs> yeah. Like, I hate Goddamn the Connect. I, I'm, I mean, as much as I want to be a space wizard, I know that I'm not a space wizard. Therefore, I cannot control things with my arms. It just, it's Nick Arcade technology. It looks like Nick Arcade. And like, that wasn't, that wasn't that cool. You know, I've like watched a, I watched a buddy play this Kung Fu. You know, my, my friends, uh, Ben and Courtney, who you met, they have a connect. And, uh, the first time I was like, oh, this is novel. I had no interest yeah. in this, but why does it work? And they, they showed me and it just looks like, looks really dumb. Didn't work really well. Ben and Courtney so. from the D&D play session episode, which came yeah. out last week. Yeah. You may remember them. Yeah. Um, other things you may remember are Star Fox. <laughs> yes. Is Star Fox, um, which we're going to talk about first. Music break. Prepare for launch. 
Star Fox, which was developed and published by Nintendo with some assistance by Argonaut for the SNES in 1993. It's really throwing me off because that's my line. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, that's fine. No, no, I'm just being possessive. I'll you know, just you... tell you a little bit about the plot. Yeah. You... So in Star Fox, you <laughs> <Yeah>. let... <laughs> you're, you're, you're one take Gary. I am yeah. owns that line. I am the, I'm the byline. I'm byline Ross. There you are. <laughs> yeah. So, um, additionally, for any of our European listeners who are really, really confused because what the fuck is Star Fox? I thought that was an Atari 2600 game. No, no, we're not talking about a 2600 game. Uh, we're actually talking about Star Wing uh, if you're over there in, in, on the Britain or the continent. Um, it was called that due to a trademark issue. Yeah, some of the Ninja, Hur- Ninja Turtles. Hero <laughs> Ninja Turtles. Hurdles. Ninja Hurdles. Boy, yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah. I just got off a plane. No, no, it's um, fine. I, I yeah. don't need to call attention to it. That's no, just what okay. we do. We take, we, we riff. We're yeah, freeform no. jazz over here. <laughs> no, right? I, I get it. <laughs> no, I've been here. This is my first rodeo. I just, uh, <laughs> I just, I'm frustrated with myself by saying, you know, words that sound vaguely similar. It's fine. Or don't, sometimes not. Don't worry. Um, I, I approximate rhyme Butterfield is what they call me. Approximate rhyme. <laughs> approximate rhyme one take Butterfield. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also didn't know. I was also thrown by that uh, that factoid. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't know about the Starwing thing. Yeah. That's hmm. There's lots of oh. factoids. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and a lack of like actual intricate narrative to, uh, to, to like make notes about. I go in and I do, I do deep investigative reporting. However, this game and series is impossible to investigate because of its toxic fan base. Yeah. yeah I was about to say, like, <laughs> no in depth plot. Somebody hasn't gone to the right corners of the internet. No, like, no. GameCube corners where. Yeah. Uh, I could have gone in and looked at notable fanfics on TV tropes. Yeah. Moo. Yeah, talking about Falco's quivering cloaca. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the worst band, <laughs> like the the, the the some members of Falco. Yeah, were able to reunite. the remaining living members of Falco. The guy with the red shirt, <laughs> um, <laughs> the red blouse, got to to do that. Yeah. Um, actual Star Wing slash Star Fox uh, was a three D rate on rail shooter where you play a fighter pilot flying through various levels, either on the surface of strange planets or in outer space, and you shoot down enemies while avoiding their blast and other obstacles. And you may be asking, three D? Uh? Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> more uh, more power, more power. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We um, we did say three D, and we also did say Super Nintendo or the mm-hmm. SNES as. Intolerable people, intolerable people call it. Intolerant people call it. <laughs> yes. No, I'm the intolerant one. Yeah. Cole intolerant <laughs> Ross. They call. <laughs> they call me. The one thing I hate: SNES and minorities. That's right. <laughs> the one thing. Um, oh man! So by far the thing that like most people uh, remember about Star Fox, and you know, it makes sense because it was their first impression of it was that uh, it is a 3D game. It is real time. 3D rendered polygons on the Super Nintendo rel- uh, relatively early in the life cycle, too. This was mm-hmm. 1993. So yeah. it had a couple of years under its belt. But, um, yeah, this was made possible by the Super FX, co- uh, Super FX coprocessor, uh, which was developed with the help of Argonaut, the uh, the illustrious uh, creators of Croc, the Legend of the Gobos. <laughs> Damn those Gobos. <laughs> Damn it. No, they were the good ones. They were your collectibles. Oh, okay. They were the puzzle pieces in your Banjo-Kazooie. Okay, so you played Croc. <laughs> this is what was, you're saying. It was one of my first uh, PlayStation games, Gary. Okay. I was 10. So, yeah, so tell me more about the... Let's do a bonfire side chat-esque 
podcast about the the lore of the Gobos. Stage stage one, uh, you you bounced on some jelly. That is actually yeah. the thing you you uh, used uh, Jello molds as trampolines. Oh, by butt stomping them. Yeah, thanks, Croc. <laughs> thanks, Argonaut. They're, yeah, they 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 went downhill. Yeah, done. done. Um, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, they've been working with Nintendo to create a 3D shooter on the NES and SNES hardware, um, which resulted in the prototype game NES Glider, which looks really crazy. You can find it on YouTube. Yep. Um, there'll be a link in the notes. Um, they said that this was the best they could do without being allowed to develop custom hardware for the cartridge, and the Super FX chip was born. And I love that idea. Like, this is the best we can do without doing hardware. Yep. I'll do hardware. <laughs> well, you, you know, can like, do just it. Go you, for it. You're shipping these boxes with chips inside. Let's, yeah, let's, let's hook let's this shit it. up. Yeah. Yep. No, and we're about to drop some science on your asses. So this was one of the first graphics accelerators to, to make its way into homes. All right. The chip was a risk processor that would handle the complex math involved with rendering polygons, which is something the SNES, although amazing because of mode seven and everything we've already talked about um, at length, uh, was not something it could do. Right. <clears throat> so it would do this math um, and then it would output a frame buffer into the RAM. Uh, which was right next to it. It had its, you know, own kind of RAM expansion. And then that would go into the actual, you know, video memory pipeline. And that would be sent to the screen uh, rather okay. than, you know, uh, waiting for the system to do the math itself, right? So even though the initial chips were capable of 21 megahertz, the first generation chips uh, used in Star Fox cartridges were limited to half that at 10.5 megahertz. And even still, the developers at Argonaut joked that the chip was so much more powerful than the SNES that the system was really just a box to hold the SFX chip. The hubris. <laughs> Those fools. Hubris. Well, I mean, that... I mean, it is it, very, yeah, it is very powerful. It's pretty It's pretty great, too. I mean, we've already talked about, like, what it did for uh, for uh, um, Yoshi's Island, right? Yeah. 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 It, it does help. Um, it, it is the, the kind of weird, like, I, as much as I like the individual hardware... You know, we've talked about that as something we've lost, having kind of hardware attached to a game and making it a little bit special. Um, yeah, I also think that you can kind of overstate that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, not that they're necessarily doing it here, but I played like with a Stunt Racer FX. <laughs> like there, there's some shitty games that utilize this stuff as well. Oh, yeah. I um, mean, it's kind of always the case that the technology outstrips the ability to make games for it, right? Yeah. So Nintendo, as they usually do, comes along and says, hey, we have this hardware. Hey, we can do this awesome stuff. Let's make a game to show you the kind of things that you can do with this new crazy perspective that we offer. And then everybody else doesn't follow suit. Right, right, right. And the, and the 3D bit's important, too. So like something like uh, apropos of uh, you know something that's just uh, been, been on my mind lately but won't reveal why in, for quite a while. Um, so Out of This World came out that has the same kind of polygon graphics mm-hmm. um, for the, the Atari ST in 1991. So, but just kind of having that 3D space is what's important here. It's not necessarily the fact that they have the polygons. I thought that Out of This World was rotoscoped. It's definitely, it is definitely a, a polygon, polygonal game. Oh, okay. Here. So they, that's how they capture the animation for mm-hmm. it, but the way that they're generated. Ah, uh, okay. Um, yeah. So they did the same kind of thing where they just, uh, the, the, the guy who made it actually wrote his own code mm. to, to generate it, which is kind of crazy. The guy's a, a maniac. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> real weirdo. But anywho, so yeah, so it's, it's kind of a, a confluence of amazing technological things that make this game look really unique. Um, while, you know, at the same time, also looking very simple and flat, but it kind of lends itself to the kind of game that it is. Yeah. You know, I, I think busy spaceships kind of look like garbage. I always <laughs> thought, you know, a lot of Star Wars ships look a little too busy. Yeah. Like, why, are, why aren't these panels? Why are they just little crinkle? You know, like, the, the, there's a lot of the kind of sides, like the Millennium Falcon has tons of molding and little wrinkles and things on it. Yeah, but it's you know, also meant to look a, like a piece of junk, too. 
So yeah, that's true. But it doesn't look like it, it doesn't look like it's falling apart or like it has mm-hmm. damage. It just looks like busy. Yeah, yeah. You know, as opposed to kind of sleek. Well, and you you can compare that to the Empire ships. Holy shit! What am I doing, Gary? Yeah. You can compare that to the Empire <laughs> ships, which are mass produced, as opposed to the Rebel fleet, which was bootstrapped. Or right. looking back to the to the uh, to the prequel trilogy, where everything was more sleek, uh, just because the economy was better. So the Rebels were very much just trying to put things together. Oh God, Gary, what's happening? They they, they would have to put it together. It'd be more expensive to do it that way because they're molding custom like bumpy plastic. Uh, you know, as opposed to, uh, or finding plastic that has these kind of, you know, it didn't look like it was piecemeal to me. No, like a Millennium Falcon. No, it looks like it just kind of got a lot of unnecessary lumps and bumps. Mm. I, I always interpreted that just as, uh, as like exposed wiring and tubing and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, but uh, <laughs> people who know the Millennium Falcon better than us, um, which I, there's a reason why I avoid Go this fuck topic. Yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, okay, um, that 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 too. Yeah. There's a reason <laughs> why I avoid themselves. this topic is because yeah. like I can't actually say um, so it was actually a Corellian cruiser. Yeah, um, I, can't, somebody, I can't actually do that. that. So like so somebody knows that. I'm not making fun of you by doing that. Actually, like people pe- people care about things they care about. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, that, that's my understanding is just that the Millennium Falcon is actually supposed to look like that just because it is uh, more booster heavy. But I agree with you. Like if you look at there's like this uh, gigantic JPEG, which don't try and look at it uh, for show notes because I don't know that I could you know, I could help you find it based on the description. But it's mm-hmm. like all ships um, in sci-fi to scale to each okay. other. It's pretty cool, but like it, most of it is, you know, like the stuff you recognize, like oh, that's the Millennium Falcon. Oh, that's uh, that's Serenity. Okay, cool. That's an X-wing. And then there's like these gigantic ones that are Eve Online or Battlestar Galactica or Stargate, which are just these gigantic, horrible. I, I almost said veiny monstrosities. Which yeah, yeah. Is a little bit of a Freudian it's slip, space, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Some of like one of them, like the like the most expensive Eve ship, looks like a space dick. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I generally agree with you that this ship design is, is, uh, is fantastic. Um, uh, at least here because the, they are a bunch of Doritos in space. Um, mm-hmm. and some of the bigger bosses fall apart because of that. But, uh, but yeah, it doesn't, it would have fall... looked silly if they were people. Like it would have looked, I mean, it would have looked like alone in the dark or something, which oh, is yeah. you know, so abstract as to be kind of distracting. Mm hmm. You know, like that's a good game, but it's also it's not because of the models of the people right. or the monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, so choosing something that is large and made up of, you yeah. know, could be made up of metal panels was really clever. Exactly. I guess is my only point. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, mechanically, what's mm-hmm. the, what are you doing in this game? So, yeah, that 3D also adds uh, some new depth <laughs> um, and challenge to navigating obstacles um, and shooting your enemies. So shoot them up games like uh, 1943 and 1942. Um <laughs> Uh, uh, they, they always had you, uh, kind of dodging things and also dodging enemies, uh, and their, and their bullets. But, um, this kind of takes it to a different level because you are, uh, kind of going through, uh, not just a 2D space, like what is intersecting with your field of play, but you also have, um, you know, breaks and boosters, which help you, especially during the boss fights, avoid, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, these hazards that are coming, coming up at you. So you always have to, you always have to be aware of, of your speed in relation to these things. And that is where, uh, kind of the depth comes in, um, in relation to, you know, like, or on top of rather your, your usual lasers, um, and your bombs and, you know, 
actually running running into stuff would be uh, really problematic because you would break off one of your wings and that would not only take away your ability to upgrade your weapons or you know it would also make it harder to maneuver and thus uh, avoid running into other stuff um, in the right. future for that for that session of the game right right and it's a really nice touch having this kind of ships that have individual bits of damage wing to them, damage even though, even though it more or less means like you know that that's pretty much it for you mm-hmm. like it, it is hard to get it's hard to recover from and it is very easy to to start damaging something and have it kind of finish it off you know there's a there's a little bit of a invincibility period mm-hmm. weirdness in this game um so you know coming back to it as a kid i remember this happening all the time and it is very intense like you're you're crippled you're a crippled ship mm-hmm. and uh and you do not do as well yeah. um the kind of the boosters and the, uh, the the thrusters. The thing to think about them is that you uh, you can't actually change your speed at all. Right. So like there are, um, I feel like there are similar shooters where you you are on rails but have a little bit more control over that. Mm-hmm. Um, even down to uh, the next game we're going to talk about, where eventually you gain the ability to just kind of cruise at top speed if you'd like. Um, this you only have these temporary little bits uh, of control that's mostly used for dodging. It essentially kind of functions similar to your roll dodge, yeah, um, but just on a different plane. You know, so as opposed so it's to something like, that's actually you know controlling your throttle. Yeah. Do I want to be behind where I would be or ahead of where I would be? Right, is what you're deciding at any given yeah. point. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's there's a large amount of voice acting in the game. Um, there's a little bit of actual English in the game, but for the most part, your squad mates who are these anthropomorphic animals um, talking kind of a simlish thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel great. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, and this is so you have uh, three flavors of annoying. <laughs> like I don't, I just get this out of the way. Like I don't like any of the characters in Star Fox very much. Nope. <laughs> like I like Star Fox, but none of this captures my imagination as a as a you know on a character level. No, no. I don't think any of these people are cool. They're, I like this game a lot, but they're distinct, which is they're distinct is good, and I think that's what people latched onto but yeah no they're not great characters and i i almost like (laughs) jumped into why they don't succeed i figured we would just suss that out through conversation but yeah Mm -hmm. like i don't i don't agree that they are good characters either insofar as like oh they're just archetypes like falco's real he's a sour dude yeah he's he's yeah he's your your wingman yeah you know ace or or you know dice (laughs) <laughs> he's, stab he's, yeah, he's, something like he's that your, like he's, he's your ice man yeah he's yeah. he's your ice man and then you know uh pet you know skippy is the uh the frog he's goose yeah yeah he's, <laughs> he's your he's goose. goose skippy is a goose star goose <laughs> yeah star goose um who's just like a bit of a coward and peppy is kind of i don't know if he's supposed to be like the science geek or uh, something like I think that like, he's supposed to be of, the veteran oh, okay like yeah. he's supposed to be older yeah, yeah, especially um, like in uh, Good God, what am I doing, Gary? No, in uh, in Star in Star Five Sixty Four, his uh, his voice actor is more grizzled. So I think I, I think I remember that actually. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've only played through that game once, but and the he, he, problem... he alludes to like uh, having served with your dad too. Gotcha. Yeah. And when you start getting your dad, Star, involved, Star Fox has a dad. Uh-huh. Yeah. The uh, the big problem with them is other than that, these kind of like one note personality things. It doesn't really change how they behave, <laughs> and the way they behave has no meaningful intersection with play like they are not valuable as allies in the game so it is hard to believe their characters are valuable as allies Mm -hmm. like it is impossible that they will help you no matter how much you take care of them so like there is a quantifiable difference that they make which is if you save them um in your you know uh they'll 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 fly up and be like oh no bogey on my six blah 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 um Mm -hmm. then they will clean up enemies for you they'll be on their on your screen for a little while 
don't believe them when when they say you know don't shoot me because you can't right. hurt them uh which actually have makes they ever you hit somebody for you though like they've never killed anybody they just shoot at this regular slow interval they, just they, into the sky they've done it and also having them alive like their shield uh total contributes to your final score but score never mattered to anybody what well, gives you an extra lot. Yeah, I suppose. yeah yeah so in this yeah. and that's the only but that's not a practical like in-game effect that's just they're just another way of keeping score yeah you know like they're the uh yeah i just they never i never had them clean up enemies for me yeah like maybe i was just too fast on the trigger oh yeah that's why you know one take <laughs> never gave him a chance one take butterfield is, is <laughs> quick on the laser but yeah the uh yeah they just they don't never did anything for me they'd hang out get in my way and then shoot just kind of the air every once in a while yeah and it's like why did i save you <laughs> i hate you like what, you almost you can see this do here? yeah ex- exactly <laughs> exactly it almost you see the the kind of the seeds of this almost um like i would love to see a take of this genre with a little bit more inspiration from left for dead where huh. you know you are actually dependent on your teammates like imagine a four-player star fox with all four, you know, people kind of in a, in a tunnel, like the, the equivalent of rails, yeah. where you are actually any any member of your your party is as important as any other, and yeah. it's actually really important for you to keep your your friends alive. Do you as opposed to here, where it just gives you a higher number. Do you realize how quickly that would turn into like Dota, where like oh, I'm going to take the top lane? Well, is that that would turn yeah. into any. Yeah, yeah, any game like that because that happens in Left 4 Dead. That happens in everything. Yeah, that happens yeah. In no, but I, like, but I agree with you. Like in the best possible version of that game, that'd be pretty sweet. Like a yeah. cooperative on rail shooter. Yeah, yeah. Just making so they end up being these kind of false companions that feel really false. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as opposed to feeling meaningful in any way to me. It's notable that this is the only game where if they die, they're dead forever. If you die in the game, you die in real life. Yeah. Also, Skippy yeah. is dead forever. What you do. Works for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, additionally, they uh, everybody is an anthropomorphized animal because uh, Nintendo didn't want to go whole hog into uh, into you know full sci-fi like hard sci-fi as mm-hmm. hard as this is, um, and thus uh, furryism was born. Well, that's the the Disney's Robert Roger Rabbit or not Roger Rabbit? <laughs> no, Robin Robin Hood. Hood. Yeah, yeah, there we are. Disney's Roger Rabbit. What, what's wrong with me? Oh yeah, like yeah, like six you know. 12 hours of sleep over four days <laughs> playing is what's wrong with me. Yeah. No, that's, um, that's but cool. the, um, yeah, the, uh, yeah, that's, that's Robin hood. Mm-hmm. This is, this is I like, the furries I, I, was, next I was, I was, I was very much <laughs> like, like furries yeah. in my generation. Any furry that I know personally got their start from star Fox. Really? Yeah. Huh? Uh huh. Yeah. Weird. I know. Right. Gross. Yeah. Um, and, and since I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, I will not go any further into that. But, uh, but yeah, it was, this, this was, this was my generation's furry Waterloo. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I hung out yeah. with some weird people, Gary. Yeah. That's kind of, it's quite right. Yeah. I mean, you, you, to a degree. The, um, <laughs> hung out like that yeah, is past tense. Don't worry. It's cool. Yeah. No, I mean, even if you did hang out, it'd be okay. Yep. To a degree. The, uh, so, <laughs> One of the, my favorite things about the game is the way that you handle difficulty selection is super cool. So you're not just choosing kind of on a binary level, easy, medium, or hard. You select a path through the solar system, and uh, each one is is different. So instead of just being, you know, a medi- medium difficulty or hard difficulty has, you know, enemies have more HP and you take more damage, which is a typical thing. These are entirely different levels with different bosses and uh, kind of different secrets throughout them. Yeah. And that's really cool. Like it, it is hard because of the level design, not because of numbers. Right. Which is which is my favorite thing that you can do. Yeah. And it's very much different too. They're 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 very different experiences. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Even the uh, the first level uh, Corneria is the same planet, but it can be different times of day, mm-hmm. and you you have different encounters depending on the difficulty level. Yeah. So. Yeah, and the rationale for this is that you are choosing different routes. So this is a strategic decision. Like if you go route three, it's harder, but. Andros, the, the you know the big bad of this, doesn't expect you to uh, to you know to take that right. Mm-hmm. So you're sneaking up on him, and they even comment on that, like, yep. oh, taking the stealthy approach. Yeah, that, that's very cool, and yeah. it adds a lot of kind of playability to this game, which you can you know beat one of these paths in about forty minutes, yeah, without too much difficulty. So it adds a lot to the game. Yeah, I played this in one night, even regardless, uh, but mm-hmm. that was just because I had save states. Like, if I didn't, it would probably be a much longer affair. Right, and it was when I played it when I was oh, younger. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about our owner experiences with this. <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, the plot first. Yes. So you know, for as much as it doesn't fucking matter, and like this is one of those any Nintendo franchise, like just on the record, the more story you try to add to it, the worse it gets. As, as, as we see, like like Star Fox is the test example for that. Yeah. Like yeah. like, like the, the, that is the 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 poster boy for. Uh, too much, uh, too much plot makes the baby go blind. Exactly. Right? So imagine, you know, the SNES era. So we have Link to the Past and Super Metroid. Mm-hmm. You know, in my opinion, the pinnacles of those two series. Even though people argue about uh, Link to the Past, but then as it goes on, it just gets more and more convoluted and more narrative and more, you know, kind of lore, and just uh, I think stops working. Yeah. Nearly as well. They they shout, um, "We want you to care about this more," and also they give you more that they want you to care about. Yeah, and yeah. and at a at a rate that is reductive, so the percentage mm-hmm. of things that you're going to be able to care about goes down. Yep. You know, rather than staying the same. So here, like, all you really need to know is that it is a cool, you know, kind of dog fighting, <laughs> pretty space much. Sim. That's all you really need to know. Oh, there's a bad guy. Yep. Let's go get him. There's a bad guy you don't see until the very end. Uh, yep. His name is Andros. He is a uh, an evil scientist who was banished from the planet of Corneria, which is populated by dog people. I guess it's dog versus dogs versus uh, monkeys in this uh mythos right makes sense yeah this yeah, is like the, the weird sequel to malls <laughs> where like the, the monkeys are are the it's the world war three from the the mouse universe <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Um, <laughs> what's that called i didn't hear you say it uh mouse okay yeah nice. m-a-u-s the yeah uh, or spiegelman I, th- I thought you said malls i know mouse i think so oh, okay. i was like what <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, you're in the Lilat system, which is the, uh, the 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 furry paradise. So furry Mormons, when they die, they go to the Lilat system. <laughs> they get their own planet there. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah, I just offended two minority groups, Gary. <laughs> oh, I'm on a roll. Cole, minority hate and Ross. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Second take, minority hate. <laughs> yeah. So Andros, uh, he took up uh, residence on the planet Venom. Uh, not sure. evil at all, right? Yeah. Um, and has been plotting his revenge ever since. So rather than let Andros get the drop on them, Sergeant Pepper mm-hmm. uh, gets the band together to play. <laughs> yeah, no. Yep. Um, so get the legendary Billy Shields. I, I think that get Star Fox. <laughs> I, that, that, okay, so with the exception of uh, A Day in the Life, that album is so overrated. It's definitely overrated. Yeah, like I think it's okay, but it, it, it is definitely overrated. Yeah, Revolver for Life, son. Um, yeah, Revolver. That's that's the winner. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so Sergeant Pepper, who is basically the crime a, dog. A favorite Beatles song off the top of your head? Oh man! Um, so I I I, I want to say a day in the life that is like my like the one that I will say is perfection. However, mm-hmm. like in terms of being a catchy tune that is like what I would well you know like just something that is there. I'm a loser off of uh, mm-hmm. We Are the Beatles or Meet the Beatles, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, oh, I would good... say that. Yeah, I like um, uh, I'm looking through you. 
Oh yeah, that's that's, that's a real good song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a loser is uh, is is definitely like that preceded. So I think that Rubber Soul is an awesome listen. Like through, mm-hmm. like I can put that on, and then an hour disappears. But uh, I'm a loser is them taking Dylan and doing Dylan, maybe better than Dylan did over mm-hmm. the course of maybe the first twenty years of his career. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that that that's the genesis of it. It's just such a such a great song. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm looking through this. Yeah. The Beatles are pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> like, generally overrated. Like, I'm not that big of a fan of Abbey Road either, which yeah, people, me, me, people the, will cream the, their jeans over it. But The later era Beatles I'm not into, really. Yeah. I like I like the uh, the early mid Yeah, is yeah. my favorite. Like, like, like the Revolver, like, Rubber Soul. I, I think, like, uh, Revolver, Rubber Soul, like, uh, Help is, is, is generally pretty good. Like, the transition from Help to Rubber Soul is, is, is awesome. Uh, I would say a dark horse for favorite would be Paperback Writer. Just when they mm-hmm. decided, let's stop touring and just put out these video singles. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like a bunch of their singles from that era, uh, uh, a la Paperback Writer, um, are uh, where I would say is their sweet spot. Um, yeah. Is like, a, is like a nice, like, mean of their quality, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Agreedo. Yeah. Um, so after <laughs> Sergeant Pepper gets the band to play, yeah. um, he gathers up the band of uh, Star Fox shooters. <laughs> The squadron <laughs> and uh, sends them out in these experimental R-wing fighters, yeah. which are the jets, jets are using. Mm-hmm. And uh, they take different, you know, those different paths, which we mentioned through the Lilat system, and ultimately make it to Venom and defeat Andros in his psychedelic hellscape <laughs> of you know murder drugs and <laughs> HR puff and stuff discard ideas. Like it is, it is just incredible. Like I, I forgot how awesome the end boss and ending of this game is. Every time I got to it, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the music, like it's all, it's great. It's like the ending of Earthbound snuck into, or something from the ending of Earthbound snuck into this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so so Andros is a cosmic cube. Yep. Okay, okay. No, it's like he's like in the Phantom Zone from uh, Superman Two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's his. It's just his face sprite, except it's in this weird uh, like dreidel type device. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an it's an amazing space dreidel. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> That's my least favorite Adam Sandler album. <laughs> oh, uh. <man. laughs> But uh, so going like like doing a uh, like a massive deconstruction of all these areas probably would be tiresome. And since we're covering two games, might not be the best strategy for going about this. But uh, yeah, and there's also not that much difference uh, between, between the kind of bosses and obstacles. Right. You're going to speak. I mean, th- there is a little bit like maybe a good way to do it would be to talk about um, the different kinds of areas. You know, so talk, talk about the planet side stuff and then the asteroid field. Yeah, yeah. Things, and then talk about the kind of different, the indoor and outdoor bosses, mm-hmm. which are the two kinds that you, you run into. I agree. That is a good way to go about this. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's, good. One area, which you start off on, is a really great, is one of my favorite, like, first levels of a game. You know, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe not my top five, mm-hmm. but I, I really love it. Yeah. Um, I think the, the music, which I use at the top of the episode, because it's my favorite song from this, this game, mm-hmm. even though there's a lot of really good music in this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, like the, the Titania uh, mm-hmm. theme yeah, in general. That's a, yeah, that's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, you know, it just feels very, like, pump, you know, gets you pumped. Yeah. And uh, you're kind of introduced to basically what you're going to be doing, those, those verbs that we mentioned. And most of the enemies that you fight either will be some kind of bird, mm-hmm. like they look like an actual bird, or like space mantis, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of flying creature. Or is just a conglomeration of polygons. Yep. Like, oh, this is a this is a tower that's kind of shimmering back and forth. 
where they're, they're very clearly a robot. Like, this is a robot delivering a beam somewhere, and I'm going to ruin his day, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So the individual enemies, there's not too much to them, and they all behave in very similar ways. Like, mm-hmm. there's some that will kind of fly in, in different patterns, but a lot of times they just kind of swoop around the screen and shoot you. Yeah. The biggest you know? thing that, 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 that uh, differentiates them is that there are different classes of lasers. So there are different right. colors, uh, and then there's plasma versus missiles and things like that. And the, the order in which they throw these enemies at you um, in relation to the obstacles, which like this, you know, the Corneria stage in general, but all of the uh, on land uh, or, or planet bound um, stages are like that. Um, you, you know, the throwing those different threats at you from the enemies in with the obstacles, which you have to sometimes go from one side of the screen to the other to avoid is where mm-hmm. they derive most of the challenge. Right. 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 It's really like man- your maneuvering game is much more important than your shooting game. I feel yeah. I always get the impression that even if you didn't fire a shot, the enemies would eventually just kind of move on. Yeah. yeah. You know, like you just pass them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really about dodging. I found myself just wishing that it auto fired. Just always yeah. be firing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you can, and that's essentially what I did. It was just kind of, jam, you know, jam on the button. Yeah. Yeah. Like at a know? comfortable rhythm that didn't fatigue me. I just kind of went along with it. Mm hmm. Well, the, uh, especially once you get the uh, the twin blasters, if you hold down the button for a second, you shoot four. And that's really satisfying. Right, right. So I just slowed down my, my, my punch and rhythm for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, and there's different things kind of going on in these planets. So they have different theming, um, some that are clearly kind of hostile. Um, some later, uh, I think it's the third level in the hard path, it, you're fighting almost entirely organic. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's Fortuna. So like yeah. you're fighting these gigantic. That that's where the, uh, the 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 polygons kind of break down. For as awesome as that premise is, like mm-hmm. when you're fighting Dorito plants, like from Jumanji, or uh, <laughs> like fighting Dorito, uh, um, you know, sea serpents. That kind of breakdowns it breaks down just a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't look me. very good. Yeah, but but it's awesome in concept, especially with Fortuna because you are going like over different kinds of terrain. Like mm-hmm. like level three, if you can swing it, it's where it's at. If you have the means. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and level three is really good in the uh, the media mode too. I think as well. That's the ice planet. Oh no, I mean like level three, like the like the hard mode is was. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah but like I agree. Ti- Titania is great because that's like this resource world, and they've got these uh, these crab bots that are running mm-hmm. around mining and stuff. Yeah, very cool. Like they managed to suggest a lot with very little. Yeah, um, for the most part. So you do get the kind of idea of these worlds and what their basic theming is, mm-hmm. um, without having to have very much visual fidelity. Yeah, uh, to them, even if what you're actually doing is largely the same mm-hmm. in each world, at least on these ground worlds. Yeah. Um, the sequel notably would take this to a really you know kind of a higher level, and you'd actually have tank. Levels that I didn't ever felt added very much. No, it just kind of felt like it took away an axis of control. Yeah. Yeah. You could jump really high, but it, it was just kind of turned out to be a little bit less fun yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So um, until you get to the more difficult space levels, the landbound levels, specifically in Venom, um, uh, culminating in level three of of venom uh you know the the obstacles are where it's at with those mm-hmm. which is things are going to be falling um, eventually there are these pillars that are, that are going to jump in front of you and uh like i would take a, a, basically an entire game of doing dodging around those which i guess is what temple run is no oh, god gary what am i doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and that, that's what you're doing and and it's fun too because it's really about this kind of um spatial awareness mm-hmm. and because of the the game because of being this kind of true 3d this way it works. Whereas it never worked in something like Space Harrier, 
which was you know which was in 3D but it was 2D sprites moving through kind of discrete distances yeah. from you that you could attack. This made it easy to know, you know, oh, I just saw this out of the corner of my eye. If I boost right now, I'll probably get out of the way before it falls. So what, um, what made Space Harrier so crazy was because the vanishing point was so extreme, like it felt like it was about maybe, let's say, 10 feet in front of your character, the Space mm-hmm. Harrier. Like you always knew that your that, that your shots would end up there, but you didn't know like the fine grains of control that you would need to hit what was in front of you and also avoid what was going to, you know, eventually hit you. Um, right. Whereas with this, because the vanishing, you know, the vanishing point is further out, you actually do, it feels like, like roomier, like you right. benefit from that so much because this mixes like all of your lasers and missile, uh, not, not the missiles so much, but like a bunch of your obstacles are actually sprites that are coming at you. They're mm-hmm. part of the, you know, they're, they're, they're part of that mix, but you're right. Like the, it, it benefits from being able to make it like roomier because of that. You run into way more sprites in the space levels yeah, than yeah. you do on the planet levels as well. So specifically asteroids and those, those stand out, yeah. you know, a lot mm-hmm. as being very detailed in the, the fa- face of everything else not being. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Uh, for, 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 so like before we move on to the space levels, cause I feel that happening, we should talk about Macbeth. Oh yeah. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. The, the Scottish planet. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah, Let's just talk about the play. Fuck yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a good play. A little bit too long. Not as long as Hamlet. Yeah. Uh, the Roman yeah. Polanski version is really, really cool. Hmm. Yeah, no, the uh, like the, the the film version of that, it's uh, it's pretty good. He made it right after uh, right after the uh, whole you know the that whole like minor thing of the Manson family killing his wife. Yeah, yeah. no yeah, poor pup. <laughs> what? Um, I said poor pup. <laughs> <laughs> A saint? No, yeah. not not really. I don't. Just, uh, no, nope, nope, yeah, nope. Eh. Mm, yeah, no. Fantastic artist Chinatown man. Talk about it all the time. Great movie. Yeah, great filmmaker. Yeah, terrible good. human. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, but, yeah, um, how's that theming relevant <laughs> lately? Um, <laughs> the, uh, in the news today. Um, Chris <laughs> Terrible, yeah. you. Yep. No. Oh God. Can we yeah. can we take a break to talk about Philip Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah, that sucks. <sighs> Man, sad. Like I I don't know. I don't get sad about celebrities dying that often, but he was a very uh, very he was a. Uh, I, I liked a lot of things he was in. I liked him too. in those things. Yep. Um, I don't know if. You know what kind of impact it will have on me. I have no idea what he was like as a dude. Yeah, like if he was a good dude or a bad dude, or if he was, you know, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I mean, obviously he needs some kind of help mm-hmm. since it was drugs, and that's unfortunate. But so it's yeah. not. It's, it's. I'm more disappointed than I am with a lot of celebrity deaths. It's yeah. hard to. For, it's very hard for me to feel personally sad about anyone I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I feel. I feel more sad for like the but the potential future roles that he possibly could have yeah. done. Like, you know, he could have been. He already was a great actor, but he really could have brought a lot more kind of joy and art to the world than he did, which is what happened. You know, that's the case when any good artist dies. But right. uh, that, 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 that's where I feel sad. And then going yeah. back and looking at, you know, movies that have impacted my life in you know certain ways, specifically Synecdoche, New York. And then as weird as it is, as it is to say, the Big Lebowski, like his mm. involvement in that, like just so good. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's 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 a great actor. Yeah, you know that, that is definitely true. Yeah, it felt like a uh, gut punch when I saw my phone beep at me and say that it was like, "What? Yeah. This cannot be true." It definitely seems odd. And then the older we get, there's going to be so much more of that. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it's just it's we're we're now this is it for the rest of the life. You know, this <laughs> is this is it for the rest of us. It's, it's, is we're just going to be seeing people you know who we like die. Yep. 
you know, every every couple months. Yeah. Somebody, you know, and that's that sucks, but that's what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate. Yeah. The um yeah, he's he's one of my favorite. He was always the person I held up as the guy who you know, every I feel like he hasn't done anything to be embarrassed about right. as far as a role. Whereas like, you know, Bill Murray is two Garfield movies and an Operation <laughs> Dumbo drop over that, you know. But he's just like, oh, you know, this guy has only done class work. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. You know, like it's it's refreshing to have an actor who can say no to a dumb truck full of money mm-hmm. um, in the way that, you know, a lot of people can't. Yeah. So I tutored about it. I can't I can't name a name a performance of his that I didn't like. So. Yeah. yeah, me too. State in Maine, man. That's a really good movie. Yeah, yeah he's good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's take yeah. it out. <laughs> the least controversial thing we've ever said. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, well, we were about to get real controversial. We're not real <laughs> controversial, but we were, we were just about to. I mean, have the opportunity to weigh in on on Woody Allen having sex with his daughter. Um, you know, which I think I don't think we weigh in. Like, there's not really two sides to that. That, <laughs> yeah, that guy who wrote that thing's an asshole. Yeah. Um, there's not two sides to that. Nope. He's a piece of shit. Yep. Woody Allen's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's not controversial at all. No. I mean, it is actually. There are people who, but yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay, I'll take us out. Yeah, piece of shit. <laughs> um, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, Macbeth so, is a is a lava planet. Yeah, and it's pretty cool because you're inside this hollow, mined out planet, and the the narrative reason is that because it is close to venom, uh, and because it is a hollow volcano planet. Uh, uh, Andros will make a base there, and so yeah. you're trying to, to to scoop out his drills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very cool. Yeah, it's, uh, really- it's very cool just because it puts a it puts a ceiling above you, which mm-hmm. doesn't happen in these on land uh, levels, and that also adds new threats. So you have to watch yeah. for uh, for geysers above and below, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I, I love the way that uh, none of these levels they each introduce kind of a bite-sized concept and then don't overstay their welcome right. at all. Like uh, you know, the fact that the whole game is so breezy and any of these levels take you maybe ten minutes to complete is really you know works in the game's favor. Yeah, like here's the idea: this is a lava level. You have a roof, you have cool drilling machines. It looks neat. The music's good. It has a very striking visual palette, mm-hmm. and then we're out before you can get sick of it. Yeah, you know. It's a very distinct pacing decision. Like, what would it have been like if they had decided to uh, build as opposed right. to put these ideas in and then get rid of them? Right. Like, you know. That, yeah, that I don't need a whole solar system of lava planets. <laughs> right. You know, I don't, I don't want that. Like, having my 10 minutes of lava time is all I really need. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> 10 minutes of lava time. Otherwise, yeah. a lifeguard <laughs> sends you out. Yeah, exactly. Adult swim is over. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Kids into the pool. <laughs> Get extreme makeovers. Yeah. What? It's the guy from Resident Evil 5. Okay. You talk to you right before you do the dumb okay. lava part at the dumb end of it. <laughs> that terrible like, shit. Like he, like he died at about like a, like a third of the way through. I thought he came later. I thought he died, but then he comes back later, like shortly before the finale. I, 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 I played it fairly recently, like within the past yeah. year. I'll trust you. It's been longer yeah. than that for me. Okay. It's yeah. just the, the two things I remember from that game. Like... <laughs> Dumb lava thing and dumb dude. Yeah. And uh, you generally think the game's okay, but yeah, yeah those things stood out to me. Yeah. The, the nadir of the, the Resident Evil voice acting, <laughs> you know, writing. Is that guy saying that? Not the that? first one? No, this is, that's worse. That extreme, because <laughs> yeah. it's pandering. Uh, like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's, it is worse. Huh. So. Yeah, there's no excuse. It would, like, add intentionality behind it, not just poor direction. Exactly. And understanding of the English language. Yep. And then yeah. they also had five games to learn. Yeah, you know, if they, they wanted to, like it's yeah. it's 
Yeah, that that is the worst moment in Resident Evil history. <laughs> is, that, is that guy saying, "This is me after my extreme makeover." Yeah, after turning into a terrible. He's supposed to be in pain. Like it's supposed to be kind of sad. <laughs> it's supposed to be awful. Like yeah, like, every, every other him, time like, it is the worst thing. Like it is a horrible, life destroying, identity yeah. erasing thing, and that's mm. don't make him goof on it. No. You know, he's not he's not a 60s Batman villain. He's supposed to be a 2000s <laughs> Batman villain. He's an animated series <laughs> Batman villain, not a 60s Batman villain. <laughs> you ugh. dummy. Yeah. Ugh. I feel like, in general, the space levels are less inspired than the land ones, even oh, though yeah. there are more of them. Um, it's more, okay, what kind of rocks can we throw at you? Some of the rocks have faces. Also, yeah. some of the pillars maybe uh, have some, you know, just fill on them. Other ones are just polygon pillars. Why not? Yeah. Right? And what are they doing there? Like sometimes it's just <laughs> kind of like it makes sense you're in a kind of a building zone where they're making these off off planet bases. Right. But they're just constantly and there's just debris yeah. everywhere, you know, yeah. rather than having kind of the opportunity to be on kind of a miniature planetoid. Like when I when I first remember, you know, saw this, and I was like, oh, cool. I mean, there's a space base here. Like eventually you go inside inside kind of a base or inside these motherships. Oh yeah. And that's really neat. Like specifically but, um, in the, in the Armada stage, like, like yeah. the, that's the highlight of all of those. Yeah. Like where they get but the really asteroid good. field can kind of suck my dick. <laughs> like that's not very fun. Right. I don't think it's hard to dodge. Like it's, it's fun for that, but it's not very inspired. Right. Yeah. So. And, with, and with the, with the Sprite, uh, threats, it's really, really hard to gauge their distance. Yeah. And uh, they stand out Yeah, and they just look really bad too. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, it, it goes from having, you know, being like four by four pixels, mm-hmm. like huge, you know, and then just getting uh, getting closer and closer and becoming more yeah. detailed. But when they're far away, they just look so garbagey. It's disoriented. Brown smears. Yeah. 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 So the, the, these ones are also notable because they do start you in first person mode as opposed yeah. to uh, being behind the ship, which I'm not sure how much sense that makes. I wonder, yeah, I wonder why they made that that choice. It does do first person mode pretty well, having the the kind of markers for where your wings are. Yeah, yeah. So it helps screen. you actually navigate stuff, which becomes yeah, important. Um, yeah. But like, it pulls behind. So when you enter one of these ships, um, so you know to fight the atomic core or whatever, um, it, it it does make it, you know, uh, third person. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. Like, I I don't see what benefit. Okay, so the, the the benefit is making your aim more precise, which maybe would be important for the for the uh, for the asteroid field, possibly. Mm-hmm. You know, just so you can be sure that you're taking the stuff out. But I would almost feel like more confident that I was dodging stuff. Right. Just, right. And the focus the focus on these, you know, that would make sense if the focus was less on dodging and it was more of a shooting gallery. But yeah. the focus is more on dodging, especially right. the um, the kind of debris field you face in the hard path, right? Where right. it is just it's brutal. You know, just the uh, lines of vertical beams, you know, followed by lines of horizontal beams, and then and just really just kind of yeah. threading a needle, needle. You know, yeah, yeah. And you can so so to be fair, you can pull back mm-hmm. uh, from those by pressing select, but uh, the perspective select is actually worse than in Daytona USA. Yeah, um, and yeah. Then it is real floaty, and the action does not stop while you're doing it. Yeah, um, yeah. So it takes a, it takes a good long while to actually get a get a different angle on the situation, which which is harmful to the experience. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, um, you know, not so much that you can't get through it or that I dislike it, but those are probably my least favorite stages. Are yeah. the just very very uh, dodge heavy space stages? Yeah. Um, and like to be fair, there are the, the, there is one in particular, Sector Y on uh, mm-hmm. on, on level two. Uh, the one that goes over the top there uh, that has all these biological threats is basically Star Trek Four making this the 17th episode in a row that I've referenced <laughs> that goddamn movie. Yeah. Um, but you have space whales and mantas, which yeah. is pretty neat. Yeah. yeah, and you have to leave them alone too, which is kind of fun. Yeah. 
like uh, this idea that you shouldn't fuck with them. Yeah. Like they are, they are neutral entities. Your best friends and squad mates who you've, you know, your relationship has been forged in the fire of battle. Shoot them all you mm-hmm. want. Doesn't matter. They'll just whine. Shoot yep. a space whale. You're fucked for life. Yeah. 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 We'll one shot you. Yeah. Or very nearly one shot you. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about bosses and we're not going to go through individual bosses, but just the different types. Yeah, and yeah. You, you can kind of effectively break them down into two types. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a, a ship that you're on the outside of or a ship you're on the inside of. Yeah. One way or another. And Sometimes the it's actually more rare than the previous one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And all of the, the – the, so if you're external, it pretty much breaks down to um, it having weak points. Yeah. These kind of glowing, you know, shining crystal structures on it or sides of it that are flashing yeah. that it can be damaged. And it – uh, kind of maneuvers in a way to only make that exposed from time to time mm-hmm. and also will either shoot at you or attempt to ram you yeah. in kind of various ways. As the stages get more difficult, the ramming possibility becomes mm-hmm. becomes a much bigger deal, specifically the biological enemies. Uh, but it yeah. uh, becomes a huge deal. Uh, like, uh, you know, that's the trick for most of the bosses in level three is that running into stuff will do a lot of damage and the, the bosses just get bigger and bigger and much more... Uh, um, they get less respectful of your personal space. Right. And as I mentioned before, like there's a little bit of wonkiness with your invincibility period. Right. So it's very easy to get hit and then just get hit again and again and again. And you're fairly fragile. You have a, a life bar and it's not made of discrete units, but it feels like the, at most you can only take, you know, four or five hits. Yeah. Um, before crashing. Mm-hmm. There are only a certain number of bosses, uh, like the, the external bosses that have a, that have a trick to them. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking specifically of, uh, let me look here. It's in track three. The uh, um, blah, 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 blah. Maybe it might not be track three. The blade barrier in the asteroid mm-hmm. belt. Uh, the one that's like the spinning fan guy, which if you shoot at the wrong time, it will uh, it will send your laser blast back at you. Meaning yeah. The majority of the threat in that is generated by you. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes there's a trick, but a lot of times there's not. Right. And right. it is just, you know... Either discovering a pattern, if there is a pattern, sometimes there's not actually a pattern, and it's just kind of being able to dodge quickly. Um, if you've been saving your bombs up until mm-hmm. this point, which I always did, yeah. um, they can help a lot if multiple weak points are exposed. Yeah. At the same time, you can kind of take care of multiple ones at the same time. Yeah. So, and all the enemies, almost all the enemies, if not all the enemies, um, as you destroy them, they lose functionality as well, mm-hmm. which I really like. Like you're usually blasting off a part of them. And then they can no longer do an attack or no longer do it quite as effectively. Yeah. Using bombs is kind of like ordering a pizza. If you're having people over, just press the B button probably like 45 minutes before you want it to happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It is. It is very slow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, other kind of highlights. So the, uh, the organic bosses like the Monarch Dodora, uh, from, uh, what's it? The Fortuna level, uh, Mm -hmm. pretty hard, uh, because of its lack of a pattern, which most of the other bosses have, uh, Mm -hmm. patterns are, patterns are just so crucial to, uh, to, to, to shooters like this. Right. Right. And so to have something that is unpredictable, like I had a, I had a really hard time. Right. With that. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, generally, uh, the third stage is difficult. Yeah. Like it's the first one where it's actually pretty hard. Yeah. You know, and it is supposed to be the hardest part, but even medium is pretty easy. Um, this is actually really difficult, and the bosses. You know, I lost a lot. These bosses had to reload save states quite a bit. Yeah. So it's you know, in particular this one. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other ones that are external, you have like these track guys. So the the Galactic Rider, which is like that dropship on a, a stage two Venom, mm-hmm. like where where you're like going behind the guy and he's throwing stuff out at you. 
pretty cool. Yeah. Also the yeah. uh, uh, what is that? It's all uh, Titania, or it's all uh, level two. Uh, Titania has the Professor Hanger, uh, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> oh. One of my one of my least one of my least favorite Jerry Lewis movies. Um, <laughs> you fight him under some tracks, so it's kind of like a reverse like light cycle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, real neat little set pieces. But yeah. Yeah, and, and those are nice, um, and, and it's fun. The other kind of so that's you know essentially what you do. The other kind of boss are interior bosses, which are these kind of obstacle courses that lead to a, a set piece yeah. boss. And these obstacle courses are pretty neat. Um, usually, there's kind of these reflex tests. Um, you know, walls will kind of move out to try to block your progress, and you have to dodge. You know, figure out which way to dodge. A lot of them you can shoot to yeah. uh, change which way they're going to move in advance. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you get through this, and they usually will have a couple of power-ups because you're going to start at the beginning of this if you die. Right. And uh, and then once you get to the level, um, it's usually some kind of core, you know, inside the boss. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, where you're, you're going around in circles. Like, you, you've suddenly you've stopped for the first time the game forward momentum <laughs> and instead are just kind of uh, hovering mm-hmm. and moving side to side. Yeah, and you get the sense that the, that the room is moving around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically with the atomic cores, they are uh, kind of creating these lines of lightning that you have to go above and uh, above and below. And uh, there are these cockpit kind of things that are moving around that you have to shoot down. Um, I never got a sense for what they were because because of the scaling, uh, there there was uh, just kind of a mess of pixels. It looked like a dude in a machine. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the um in uh, Kirby. The um, there's the end of the Kirby Superstar. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what, that, that's what one that of these essentially. Of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, weirdly enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those, those are not very remarkable. It's fun the idea of you kind of doing that Star Wars run, getting yeah. to the weak point of this gigantic ship, mm-hmm. and uh, destroying a, a core part of it, and it blowing up as you ride off in the sunset. It's heroic music plays. It's pretty fun. Yeah, it's Here's a uh, check in. It's super great in the uh, in the Armada stage on level one, or mm-hmm. easy rather. Um, just because there are many bosses that you go through, um, doing these little, uh, doing these little almost obstacle course tutorials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, and then really there's just kind of the, the end boss. So yeah. there's more detail to that, um, little individual wrinkles, but we're not going to go through all of them. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you deal with Andros, <laughs> which is wonderful. I love it. So you go through one of those obstacle courses and then it opens up on just maybe a screensaver, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Just this kind of like polybus. That's that <laughs> arcade game that simulates acid, right? Polybus. <laughs> the, uh, you end up on what it, what I imagined it was like to play polybus. And it is just a, uh, the, the psychedelic tripscape with this gigantic face, kind of space face. <laughs> in front of you that is blinking out like panels at you yeah um, yes. yeah so, so it's blinking out panels and also it's spitting panels at you yeah its eyes are glowing and uh don't be thrown off they're glowing blue but those are the weak points even though they're yep. glowing red yeah <laughs> and uh, you shoot them until they stop spitting at you but yeah. every once in a while he will try to suck you in mm-hmm. Um, with along with a bunch of other debris. Yeah. Um, this is really I, every time this happens, it's great. Yeah. You, you, you know, every time I lifted the controller up <laughs> away from the the, the screen. Yeah. Um, because it just it has a very great sense of weight. I think that there's like some it. kind of screen wobble that they're applying to it. It's kind of yeah. like the trick that Burnout plays to make you feel like you're going faster than you are. Yeah. Um, that, that that's what it feels like. There's there's a there's a it's very kinetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then he spits out all the panels, and you have to dodge them until yeah. he starts blinking out. You know, until his weak points come out again. Yeah, yeah. So, so and, you, you shoot out both of his eyes, um, and then uh, the aforementioned Phantom Zone Cube comes out. 
Yeah. And okay. it's Andros, Andros's face yeah. on a cube just spinning around and you just have a little, you know, a brief window to shoot it. Mm-hmm. And that, that's all there is to these. Like they don't take too long to kill. Like they, they're harder the, the longer you go, you know, depending on which uh, path you're on. But they're not too hard in general, you know, as far as bosses in this game go. And then once you uh, you take care of them, you take care of the game, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. I don't have too much more to say about Andros. It's a little weird that they use the same boss for every difficulty level. When... Except for the last one. Yeah. Which... Well, it's still him, but he's a little bit different. Well, it's still him, except he has, like, a final form, which is basically the Satan. Yeah. He's got, like, yeah, a yeah. crazy monkey devil face. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't understand Andros. No. It's just they, they flesh him out as they do with everything else, whether it's a good idea or not. Um, later on, but yeah, yeah. it's not a good idea. No, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> that, that I, was I, implied. Yeah, I don't, I don't care about him. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, but then that, that's Star Fox. That's Star Fox. Uh, yeah. When did when did you first experience Star Fox? Oh, I you know probably close to when it came out. Yeah, um, I never owned this. I just rented it. But I, it was one of those games I came back and rented over and over. Um, I didn't have any particular. I don't have any stories with it. I just a game yeah. I really liked. And played a lot when I was, you know, fourteen or so. Yeah, this uh, this was the first uh, SNES game that I had. Oh, cool! Along with uh, Super Mario World, so I forget what reason why. Like my dad just bought uh, Super Nintendo for me and my brother, mm-hmm. along with Star Fox, which I don't think came with the system, but was the hot like no. the, the the new hotness, which would put me at being around like age six or so, uh, which yeah. is a real important age to get a Super Nintendo. Or any kind of video game system. And so that mm-hmm. was kind of my big thing was uh, we got it and then we went to my cousin's house and we played it. Uh, we played Star Fox in the basement, just being completely amazed uh, at uh, at how technologically advanced this was. Yeah, it looks really cool. It just, it, yeah, it plays very smoothly. Like one of the yeah. things with that stunt, rest, stunt race FX game is that it's slower than anything. Like, there's no <laughs> sense of movement in that game. I don't know if you ever yeah. played it, um, but it's very bad. Yeah. And the uh, this just, you know, everything is super fluid. You know, and and it just it is just a joy to look at, and that impressed me a lot. Yeah, something that well. I feel is like worth mentioning, just from a uh, from an archival or preservation uh, perspective, is that uh, the way to play this really, really, really is on a crappy um, CRT monitor. Mm-hmm. So I played it on a uh, on an emulator, which you can apply filters, but none of them quite approximate it. When you can see in an emulator or on an LCD kind of the pixels, it ruins the effect looking yeah. at it on a CRT with the blurriness that was brought in by, you know, either a composite or an RF, God forbid adapter like that makes the, the effect much more convincing. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's something I feel we're losing as we, uh, as we consign all of our CRTs to goodwill where likely they ought to be. But um, I kind of want to go just get a 19-inch CRT to have in my house for occasions like this. Yeah, it's not a bad yeah. idea. Yeah. The uh, It's also what's one other weird thing to talk about in regards to this game is the way that it's not really available. Right. For no particularly good reason. Like, uh, I think the official line from Nintendo on why this is not on the virtual console um, it has to do with the difficulty of emulating it. But I don't necessarily buy that right. uh, when you can pretty easily emulate it. Right. You know, other other people have done that. So, you know, I don't know what's holding it back or why it wasn't, you know, there wasn't a version included on Star Fox 64 3D mm-hmm. or, you know, why they're holding this game back from us, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that's frustrating. And I wish it would come out. Do you think that day. it might just be a black sheep of their of their catalog? I, I know that they put out much worse shit, but 
like that, that that it just doesn't warrant the attention that they would give to it otherwise. I would if if, if they didn't just do the re-release of Star Star Fox sixty four. Okay, like I think up until that point, it did really seem like the series was underperforming. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about the kind of the games that came later in the series <laughs> in a moment. Yeah. Um, but they you know they had enough faith in that game, which which was a big hit, but not necessarily a bigger hit than this was. Right. So yeah, yeah I don't I don't really get it. I mean, it yeah. seems like it is a technological challenge, but not one that they couldn't circumvent. Right, right. Just because you could, so. you know, as 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 is proved by our experience playing yeah, this on emulators, you can totally do this in software. Like if Boner Lord Skull ninety nine can do it from <laughs> yeah. the, the Hot Whereas two thousand pirate <laughs> on, forums, on, like on Snesch, which yeah, is the SNES version Snatch. of a Snatch, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I had Genesis on my Snatch, <laughs> oh, and I had to, it turned out as benign. <laughs> Yeah, it was actually uh, it was actually a nascent nesticle. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, if they can do it, Nintendo can do it. Right. So <laughs> I just don't I don't buy it. Um, that's frustrating. Also weird. There is a sequel to this game that was completely finished. Yep, completely finished, ready to go out. And yeah. uh, the line from the developers is that Nintendo didn't want a 3D game on a non N64 system, which they thought was mm-hmm. coming out sooner than it would. So they had like a year and a half to sell a 3D game on the SNES and they just totally didn't do it because they thought we don't want you, you know, biting our own steez, right? Yep. But thanks to Boner Lord, Death Skull, 69, Pirate, whereas <laughs> like you can play it. Um, have you played the sequel very much? You know what? I intended to, but then putting the notes together took way too long. Yeah, I, I've only dipped my toes in it. Yeah. I haven't played very much of it, but it is it is much the same, and it is very good. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that uh, that uh, eventually would show up in the N64 version too, like mm-hmm. the free roaming levels, um, and then kind of the evasive maneuvers that you could do. Yep. Which I, I like the N64 uh, the N64 version a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not more than this. I think that my memories kind of outweigh uh, any improvements that the N64 version would have brought to it. That and God, voice acting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a big thing with my take on the n64 version i've yeah. only played that on the 3ds remake and it is a good game and they have added some improvements but yeah they're there you can see them taking the step towards over explaining this game and yeah. and you know adding too much to it it's also some of the um like the the free roaming levels were frustrating to me like you'd end up kind of having these passes yeah. at obstacles but the pace was not you know controlled the way that i wanted it to be yeah you know like you spend a lot of time with your back to threats mm-hmm. um based on that i like the uh the Shoot, you know, deflecting lasers with your roll dodge, though. Yeah, that was a that's a, a win. And I didn't feel like the terrain was interesting enough. So I love uh, Rogue Squadron for the N sixty four. Speaking of Star Wars ships or whatever, and that worked because it gave you inter- interesting stuff to maneuver around. Whereas mm-hmm. the uh, the free roaming stages on uh, Star Fox sixty four, not uniformly, but usually were, uh, were were pretty much flat and featureless. Right. Yeah. So, but. I think the, the you know the bigger part of its legacy was that you know Star Fox at least there in the early to mid nineties uh, was a force for technological change, uh, both for the Super FX chip and then you know later on with Star Fox sixty four, um, they were dedicating a large part of their uh, of their chip space to voice acting for better or for worse, uh, for worse definitely for worse, mm-hmm. um, but also uh, the Rumble Pack, which you know every controller has Rumble in it now. <laughs> oh, this, I mean, I, I should know this. Is the Nintendo 64 Rumble Pack, does that predate the uh, the PlayStation equivalent? Yes, by, oh uh, gosh, by like a year. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Star Fox 64, I think, was either 96 or 97. And uh, uh, the Rumble, the, 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 the DualShock 
for PS1 was like early 2008, not not 2008, mm. uh, 1998. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it does yeah. predate. That was the first uh, force feedback uh, to be readily available for uh, commercial gamers. Yeah, and to be and to be unfair, that yeah. is a feature I no longer give a shit about one way or another. Mm. I like, like I it. thought that was neat at the time, but now that I don't have it, especially now that I play a lot of things on my 3DS, um, I don't miss it at all. Yeah. Like I, I could not care less about Rumble features. It was neat at the time, I thought. But it doesn't. It's not something that I run into very often now. It's something I'm that I ignore to. because it is commonplace for the ways that I play games now. Mm-hmm. So, right. like, because of that, I'm inclined to be like, meh, meh. But you know, amazing things become commonplace, right? You know, right. or things that we thought were amazing become commonplace just yeah. by being adopted widely, right? But then when you can take them away and they don't have an impact, that says something too. Like, it, it is your point is that they're very ubiquitous and that is why they don't seem amazing. But mm-hmm. another reason why they don't seem amazing or actually kind of undercuts the amazement is the fact that it's so easy to do without. Yeah. You know? Well, I play everything with a Novin Falcon. Even right? this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, another kind of weird thing. So there was a competition version, which I actually played. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah, re- re- reading about this jogged a memory of me playing Star Fox in a store, maybe before it came out or possibly after. It might have been after because like Star Fox, I know this. It's like Unix. Um, mm. <laughs> but uh, I think that somewhere uh, lost to time um, and lost in many of my clutter binges. Um, I have or sorry, purges rather. Um, I had a Star Fox pin uh, that is no longer with me. Yeah, I did that, too. Yeah, I don't remember the exact circumstances. Yeah. It was, at the, it, but... it was at the Walmart on Lexington uh, Spring Mill in Mansfield, Ohio. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I remember playing this as well. And this is one of the rarest SNES games. It was the grand prize, I think, Yeah. for uh, for completing this. Mm-hmm. And it's unique. It's actually a different version of the game. It's not, um, you know, like the uh, – it's not just a, a different label. Mm-hmm. Like it actually is – it has some kind of differences to it. And you can play the, the ROM of that as well if you want to experience that. Right. So – so that's Star Fox. So we're moving on to part two, side B of this uh, split EP, which is to talk about Pokemon Snap, yep. which the, is... the other parts of DeviantArt. <laughs> so, so you, yeah, you watch somebody fuck a Star Fox. Now watch somebody hang out in a Pikachu's belly room. <laughs> it's Pokemon Snap. Is his belly room different than his headspace? Because I really need to get my cannon straight. Okay. It, it is. Okay. Cool. It is. So, so yeah, at least my so... like, the, the little meter I have on the side of my penis yeah. that shows engorgement. Yeah. Tells me that they're different. Okay, cool. So, no, I, I trust yeah. that. I trust that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a trustworthy guy. You're an established internet authority on this matter. Yeah, it's a trustworthy pup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Oh, God, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is this is another on-rails game, but this yeah. time it is a photography-based game. Yeah. Um, developed by HAL Laboratory and Pax Sofnica 
and published by Nintendo for the Nintendo 64 in 1999. Yeah, continuing both our grand tradition of only covering N64 games and split EPs, and also yeah. <laughs> of backing into beloved franchises. Yeah, yeah. Which may, yeah, it makes sense for N64 for the most part. Yeah. I'm sure there's uh, somewhere down the line there's not green of time in us, but... Yeah, at some point. Yeah, at some point. No, no yeah. promises about anything. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, so um, we said this is a photography game. It's kind of a shooter, just with a different result. Uh, it's entirely nonviolent, and we love it because of that. But uh, in this game, mm-hmm. you play as Todd Snap, although I named uh, my name my guy Navidson uh, off, uh, after <laughs> the guy from uh, uh, House of Leaves. And uh, would you name your guy uh, Maplethorpe? <laughs> but missing missing vowels. Of well, yeah, as as, as yeah. Did I as well. Yes. <laughs> I just wanted to get um, Maplethorpe because yeah, all these Pokemon are nude. And they have nude, ping, nude. They have ping pong paddles up their asses too. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So you are you are a young man who is uh, coerced into slavery by Professor Oak, uh, <laughs> ass slavery. Yes, uh, to explore yeah. Pokemon Island and take pictures of Pokemon uh, for his scientific journals. Mm-hmm. And uh, you right, you good. Oh, I was just gonna say that's kind of an interesting idea or addition to the Pokemon kind of mythos. So whenever you play a Pokemon game, you're working for some professor to document everything. That's the, the diegetic reason to catch them all, other yeah. than just being, you know, awful. Uh, other and, other uh, than the fact that this entire society is geared around this one activity? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, battling them and, and kind of using them as transportation makes sense, but just cataloging them um, <laughs> as, as a goal in and of itself, when they've all been discovered, you're not looking for Lorenzo's oil here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, but the, the uh, you know, the, just the idea of like, oh, somebody's got to take pictures of these things as well. You can't, it's not just enough to trap one in a ball and add to a zoo yeah you know yeah. this is kind of just a different way of doing it you gotta have it's something to put in the journal right yeah 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 <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah, d- d- definitely like the, the the whole scientific pursuit uh under kind of uh, like angle to the to the pokemon series is one of the reasons i really love it actually mm-hmm. yeah yeah me too kind of the darwin mm-hmm. you know a little bit of him on the on galapagos yeah. kind of Going out there and studying uh, <laughs> Blastoise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's very, you say, far fetched, but I think that that might be one of the original 150 that is lost to history. Yeah, he's still around. Okay, cool. You can get him in the new one. He's one of the early ones you can get. Ooh, so. neat. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. I like him yeah. and uh, Scyther and Zapdos. Yeah. Yeah. Far fetched is great. Yeah. Like, he's he's my favorite in concept if he's not my favorite mm-hmm. in practice. You know, the, uh, the new Pokemon games, I kind of have a new favorite, and it's one that on the surface, you know, you might want to take a shit on because it is an object. So it's kind of from the like what's around me school of Pokemon, but the um, you mean Lampamon isn't a thing. Yeah, well there is there is a lamp Pokemon. I think oh, not in the new one, but there is a lamp one before that. Probably or at least Pearl. like a, there's yeah. a candle one. That's what I was thinking of. Okay, but um, the uh, Aegislash, which is a ghost sword. Okay, like just because of the long tradition of sentient swords, um, <laughs> I'm pretty into this thing. Yeah, like a floating ghost sword, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I can get behind that. Like Symphony of the Night, you get that ghost <laughs> sword with you. Yeah. I kept him for the whole game for the most part. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Anywho. So yeah, you're, you're contributing to science and, uh, you ride through each level at a fixed pace for the most part. And Pokemon are just kind of doing their thing around you. Yeah. Um, you eventually get items that can alter their behavior and you can lure them or annoy them or knock them out or hit switches, things like that. And it kind of turns this into what it actually is, which is a little bit of a puzzle game. Right. Um, so everything is incredibly predictable. 
um, you know, the, 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 the Pokemon are always going to jump out like that. Duo Duo is going mm-hmm. to jump in front of you at, 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 you know, that same spot. So if you can remember it, you can take a, you know, a bitch and picture of it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so you're, you're kind of manipulating. You have three variables that you can apply to this, um, along with your, you know, reflex speed, um, in order mm-hmm. to kind of capture these moments. And you're just kind of trying to convince them to do these, uh, different poses. And there are, uh, there are evolutions that you can do as well. Um, mm-hmm. So you can get them to interact with one another in order to evolve to uh, to, to kind of meet the situation. Um, and that's how you fill out your Pokedex. Or to unlock new paths. True. Sure. Sure. So it's not just the, you, you can apply these filters kind of to the situation. You also, there are things that are a little bit more puzzly directly. You know, yeah. luring somebody to another area where another Pokemon will show up and interact mm-hmm. with it, which will do this in these kind of Rube Goldberg yeah. yeah, so you get these items, the Pokemon food, which is shaped like an apple, but is not an apple. I don't know why. Which I don't know why they take the, well, I don't know why they have to point it out. <laughs> yeah. Or no. like why it can't just be an apple. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, I, I well, get neither why it is shaped like an apple, nor why it cannot be an apple. Yep. Like, it's, in, it's in this weird thing that, that, that has no conceptual justification. Yeah, it makes yeah. no sense. So, so yeah. On the other side of that coin is pester balls, which is, I suppose, Poison. like stink bombs. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like throwing a ball full of insecticide at them. Well, they faint sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, like well, it's not just it's not just stink bombs. Like sometimes they literally knocks them out. True, true. But you can also do the Pokemon food. Like that's one of the earliest things you can do, which is throw <laughs> throw Pokemon food and conk them on the head, and then yeah. they fall over. Right. Yeah, but I mean they'll they'll stay dead. With pester balls. Oh, yeah. that, that's where you make that's sure you're going to sleep forever. Like that's why you, that's why they call you one ball, Gary. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't my unfortunate uh, testiochtomy. But Testi- well, I always go with plumbing accident. There, <laughs> there, there we go. Yep. Um, yeah, there was a guy in high school who only had one testicle who we knew. Um, <laughs> why who, would you reveal that? I that's that's the quite that's exactly what I was going to get to because everyone obviously picked up on it it was very cruel yeah. and uh his nickname was Uno <laughs> and the uh but I was just like how did this get out and why did it get out like why would he let it out why would anyone is you know his parents tell other parents it seems like that's the kind of thing that if you know anything about school age children you know that secret needs to go to the grave <laughs> yeah you know like so so, so what was this uh was this pre fucking or post fucking Age. Oh, pre-fucking. Pre-fucking? Okay. Yeah. So, like, so, yeah, it's, it's not It's not like a girlfriend was like, like totally nice dude, only got one ball. He's uniballing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. also, how would you, I mean, you may not even know. That's true. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not like you, you know, they're external. Like, right. you know, it's. And, and ball play isn't necessarily something that, you know, all guys are super into. <laughs> there are guys who are into it, but it's not like, you know, and, and also the ladies are not super into, like, yeah. you know, man, I can't wait to massage those those guys, the cronuts, like that's not really a thing that like <laughs> you're into that often. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, huh. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, Uno. <laughs> but anyway, Uno. Yeah, here's to you, Uno. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I never made fun of him, but it was also because I, I, you know, was not friends with them and was not in the same circle. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but old one ball Gary, making sure they stay down with his pester balls. Yeah. Uh, and and that's more for uh, for flushing them out. You know, yeah. trying, trying to get them into yeah. uh into into the fresh air. So. Most of this game is trying to get uh, trying to get them to move where you want them to move, yeah. Um, in order to strike these poses, right? I think, yeah, and then kind of the oddball item is the Pokemon flute. Yeah, which is from the other games. It's it's um, like New Game Plus a little bit because you go back to these to these previous stages and you're doing that anyway. 
because mm-hmm. like once you get these once you get these items it unlocks new 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 pokemon most of all but new poses and then ultimately new new pass through um but uh, but the pokemon flute can make most any of them do a special kind of dance right yep yeah yep which is cute mm-hmm. a lot of the time which is part of uh, why you play pokemon yeah. because they actually are cute yeah, and that's a big part to play this game. So it is it is possibly uh, aside from poisoning animals, uh, the most nonviolent game I've ever played. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's it's very uh, very low stakes. Mm-hmm. You know the whole thing, um, not particularly challenging. Like it can be you know fun to kind of puzzle things out what you need to do, um, but it's mostly just very uh, non competitive. You know, and just feels good because of that. You can't die. Each stage probably yep. lasts like what three minutes. That's probably about right, and that's and that's how long they should last. Yep. That's how much you know time you want to spend there. The music is very relaxing. Yeah, um, on purpose. Although I will say, like it has bothered me since I was you know of age to play this, like twelve, when I heard it in Pokemon, or when I heard it in uh, in Toys R Us when the when they had the demo units up, the level select stage music mm. it's 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 the note progression from my girl right dun, oh. dun, dun, dun. what oh. can make me feel this way my girl huh. yeah huh. it very much is it doesn't resolve the way that that does but like i heard it and it's like hearing the Isn't first that uh, the level of select music like a like like a, a more bongo based kind of um i thought it was a little bit like a like a bass kind of like like I, I remember it differently than that. Uh, no, uh, so I might I might be thinking of the uh, of the of the photo rating, but like definitely when you're in Professor Oak's lab, like like you yeah know. maybe yeah maybe when he's explained to you yeah maybe that's what you're thinking because when you're actually choosing a stage, it is more like, of kind of a jungle theme. Yeah, like like the, like the actual like title music theme, like it sounds like Mario Kart uh, 64 a little yeah. bit. Yeah, well, that's yeah, not, yeah. that's not what I'm thinking of. But the um, the literal like when you're looking at levels. Yeah, it it is. Uh, I think it's it's more like it sounds like something from Donkey Kong Country. One of those songs is a my girl ass song. So, huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, huh. it's in there. Hmm. Huh. I believe it. Yeah, but so the music um, is really good. Like uh, just in yeah. general. Um, yeah, I, for the most part, yeah, it's that. very doesn't wear out its welcome and lends itself to like this is not the kind of game you play because you're like excited. This is the game like you, you know this is it's almost like this game is made for adults. <laughs> like you have had a rough day at work, you just want to sit back and just kind of like ease in like you should play this in a hot tub yeah you know it's it's just it's very like it is very relaxing that is the number one adjective for this so as of when as of when we're recording this um so i i didn't have this on virtual console i actually still have my original uh n64 copy of it Mm -hmm. however my n64 can only plug into my bedroom television because my uh living room one doesn't have the uh the necessary jacks to do it so Mm -hmm. picture me as we record yesterday Super Bowl Sunday, laying down on my bed with my notebook <laughs> in my lap, my N64, because the controller cord is not long enough to actually have it on my little TV stand that I have in my bedroom, and just like there in my jammies and my socks playing Pokemon or Pokemon yeah. Snap, like that is the ideal environment to do it. It's a, it's a, it's a good way to do it. My first run through was entirely in a beanbag chair. Oh, yeah. Like when I, when I was younger. Uh-huh. Like uh, it's just, yeah, very, very soft it is yeah. a soft game uh-huh and i love that so you know even though there is a score associated with this which when you take 
when you take your photographs back to Professor Oak, you should never take his critiques as like actual judgment of your photos. No, 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 no. Cause so, yeah, he, all he cares about, like, I mean, and it makes sense because there's, there's science photos. Oh yeah, definitely. To him. Like he wants it to be large in the frame. Um, you know, facing forward. Also, in surfing. If you get your Pokemon surfing, that is well, better for science. Ergo, five times five times. Well, it would be like imagine if we went out and we found out the squirrels surfed and tell me that wouldn't be good for science. Like, <laughs> of course, it's better for science. Yeah. Um, but he he just wants like a you know a, a, a dictionary, like a picture in the encyclopedia next to a Pikachu. Yeah. Like, that's what he's looking for, but that does not necessarily make good art. Yeah. And I was always frustrated when I would get kind of a lopsided composition uh-huh. that I really liked and have him kind of poo-poo it. Yeah. You know? Um, especially with uh, some of, like, the Kakunas. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of just, like, really excellent configurations they can be in. Yeah. Or the you know? uh, or the Magnetite. Like, if you get, if you get what you think is a good um, shot of a Magneton, mm-hmm. you're not going to, like, it, it won't be scored as such. And yeah. So... Playing it now, like even before, like when I was younger, like I realized that this shot is better than that shot, but it scored worse. Why is that happening? Yeah. You you know, like like, like now what I want is like a cross between Pokemon Snap and Africa where you have control of your focus and your F-stop and your lens selection and stuff and Mm -hmm. something that would actually grade you on like using the rule of thirds, the golden mean or, you know, all of these factors that are kind of brought into it. Right. So. Right, right. And that would be amazing. And that's yep. just one of the many reasons we need a, a sequel to this. Yeah, that's true. But it, but like as it stands, this is Instagram the game. So. Yeah. 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 So. <sighs> Angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it, it doesn't, like, once you learn the individual rules of it, it won't oh, actually yeah, interfere yeah. with your play. Yeah. Um, so you want to get every Pokemon, and you need to get to certain score thresholds to unlock those items that we mentioned or new tracks. Um, there are not very many Pokemon in this. Um, there's, there's just 63, right. you know, and this, at this, the time this came out, there were just the original 151. Right. Um, but this was, you know, the first time that you could see these kind of guys in 3d since there was never really a proper Pokemon game, um, on Nintendo 64. Yeah. I think just that, those battle arenas. And I, stuff. I think that the arena games actually, uh, postdated this. I think this might have been the first, uh, the first. Appearance. I, I kind of meant it ever, like you know, there oh, never okay. was because yeah. there was a there was a rumor about a Pokemon sixty four. Right, I think right. some screenshots that came out um, that turned out to be false. I could be misremembering that, hmm. um, but they you know for some reason they never do console versions of the the mainline titles. Yeah, which yeah. makes sense. Like they don't want to cannibalize it. Right. Um, but uh, you know most of the spinoffs tend to be pretty poopy. Right. In general. And, uh, but it is, you know, the, and the appeal of the spinoffs is to see Pokemon in 3D. Right. Which this does. Mm-hmm. And it does in a really good way. I mean, they're adorable and it plays up the, 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 the behaviors and it kind of leverages a lot of the audio, uh, from the mm-hmm. anime, right? Like, you know, Meowth runs around talking like, uh, like somebody from the Bronx, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Except only saying his name as opposed oh, yeah. to saying, opposed- you know, we got to catch him or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he wants a real New York slice. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> And uh, and also get, lends a lot of personality uh-huh. um, to the the Pokemon that you know otherwise don't have it, right? You know, so it is very much like it is a weird game to recommend for somebody who doesn't give a fuck about Pokemon, yeah, at all. Like if you don't care about them at all, even though I would say that it's probably worth playing just because it's such an oddity, right? Like playing a completely non-violent, peaceful game, yeah, it's rare, and it very much is a shooter. Like it's it's reflex based. Like you, like, yeah. you know, like real photography, it's all about getting the shot. Yep. You know, except instead of shooting bullets at somebody, you're, you know, exposing a film. And and much like real photography, there's a lot to be said 
um, of taking a shot, but you don't actually see it in the moment. Right. Perfectly. So you don't know if you quite got it until the end when you're being ranked up. And every once in a while, you'll get something that you didn't think you quite pulled off right. um, that does better either score-wise or you like the look of a little mm-hmm. bit better. Yeah. And that can be really fun. Yeah. So, so yeah. the game has kind of a strange development history. It, it actually began as a non-Pokemon photography game uh, for the N64 disk drive. Uh, which we thought we were going to get here, but we ended up not. Uh, Mm -hmm. Nintendo could not replicate the success of the uh, Famicom disk drive, uh, which also didn't come here. So uh, once that was condemned to death and, you know, once the developer realized, oh, we need to give people a reason to go back and actually, you know, take pictures of these things again. Oh, let's put Pokemon in this game and people Mm -hmm. will want to get the cutest, most adorable pictures of them. And this game was born out of that. Right. 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 And I'm glad that it is. I'm glad that happened. Like playing this, I mean, if this was something, you know, I don't know, super adventure snap or something like that, like we might still be talking about it just because it does have that unique factor to it, but I could also see it just kind of dying as a curio. It it might Um, end up on abject suffering. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, something like that where it's weird, like, like super as, as, short, crazy. Almost thing. as a redemption, though. Like if we yeah. played this for abject suffering and they're just different things, I think we'd probably have good things to say about. Oh, it. Oh, for sure, yeah. And then spend like thirty minutes talking about you know ping pong paddles up people's asses. <laughs> you know, like it would just <laughs> as we do on that show. Yeah, yeah. It would just it would turn into that. But we, I, I think I would like this either way. Right. I like it more that it's a, an actual overlay that I you know I'm familiar with and actually kind of like. Yeah. So. Yep, and it plays into the whole wild, you know, wildlife photography thing. Which yeah. have you have you played Africa? I haven't, but I'm pretty familiar with it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Like taking pictures of rhinos, pretty sweet. But uh, mm-hmm. but this like quantifies it in that weird anime kind of way that we often back against. But yeah, it works. but it works here. Yeah, yeah. Context. Um, the, the game. Part of the other reason why I like, have so much affection for it is that, and we'll talk about it in a moment. When we talk about how we first came across this. Is I've never spent any kind of real money for it. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, the, uh, so it's, it's very short and it always seemed like a very good value proposition to me because of that. Hmm. Um, even the virtual console version that's $10, I think that's a good price for this as an experience. Um, if I had spent, you know, 50 or $60 for it when it came out, I might be pissed and people were kind of mad about yeah. it. Also having no Pokemon kind of mechanics to it. So it is kind of a, a game that's shit on. This may be one of the least popular games we've done for the show. Yeah. You know, um, even out of not even just in the biggest ratio between us liking it and it being unpopular, just objectively, this could be the most shit on game that we've done for the show. Yeah, I would like to do some kind of like a, a content analysis slash regressive analysis of games that we've done versus uh, Metacritic or game ranking scores mm-hmm. and actually see what is highest and what's lowest. I can yeah. guess what the highest is going to be. I would imagine this is going to be near the lowest, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me to think of what's gonna what's gonna be lower than this. Yeah, there are a couple of things that you know we're more into. Like people could you know have disliked say like Shadowrun Genesis mm-hmm. more than than I'm thinking. Yeah, but yeah, but like yeah. on kind of that same token, like I feel bad if anybody's listening to this is like Pokemon Snap is bullshit. But like some of the stuff that they're levying against it, I kind of feel safe disregarding just because I like it so much. Which yeah. other people's opinions, I generally try not to let affect my own, you know? Yeah. Like, just because my, you know, as this whole experiment that we've done has borne out, our experience reigns kind of supreme, at least in so far, you know, at least in these walls, right? But, uh, but I don't, I don't feel bad covering this just because I do like it so much. 
Well, I don't feel bad covering it either. Yeah. Like it's a weird game for the series. I've always really liked it. I've wanted to talk about it for a long time. Yeah. Um, just because it, it's every time somebody hates it who's actually played it, I'm a little bit surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just kind of a, a you know, I I like a unique experience. Yeah. I like a video game that doesn't feel like other video games. Mm-hmm. That's always going to be something I'm going to value. Um, whether it is 100% successful or not. And I think this is a lot closer to being successful than uh, some other experimental titles are. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, it's short. Um, the, uh, you've got a, the speed run time here in the notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched an awesome game done t- uh, quick speed run of it as well. Um, and it is just really about quitting out and knowing exactly where those Pokemon are going to appear. Right. And just giving them a click. Um, but it's, you know, it's a little, it's, you know, the ranges between, 22 minutes and 55 seconds and 26 minutes and 8 seconds, depending on whether it's 100% completion or not. Yeah. And, you know, th- this game, I would say the memorization to execution ratio is probably like 90 to 10. Mm. Or percentage, rather. Like, I would say, like, a lot of the a lot of your uh, success in this is going to be knowing what to shoot and when in order to not have to backtrack as much. But... Well, you you kind of uh, the way it works, you know, you end up going through it the first time, relying on reflexes, and you do okay, but you catch things out of the corner of your eye, and you think, okay, this time I know that's there. So yeah. it's memorization, you know, but you still get that first pass where you're kind of learning, yeah, and you're making these incremental improvements as mm-hmm. as you go through the stages, yeah, um, yeah. The so as I mentioned before, the way I first came, you know, everyone has these stories about. Um, being near the end of a console's life cycle and walking into a blockbuster and seeing like 40 copies of Earthbound for $3 and not buying them. <laughs> this was the one time I, I – the Walmart near my house was clearing out the Nintendo 64 games and I bought this for a dollar uh, shrink-wrapped. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't know, my early early 2000s. I'm not exactly sure when. No but that was the time. So I didn't – I never got any, you know, any Earthbound, any kind of golden game. <laughs> but I managed to get Pokemon Snap for a buck. Right. And just, you know, bought it because, oh, it's a game about photography. That's interesting. I bet it's worth a dollar. And ended up really liking it. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my story was a little bit more creepy and devoted than that. So 1999 was prime Pokemon time for me. Like, mm-hmm. I was 12 years old or going to be more like 11. I just played Pokemon Red. And um, uh, there are probably some Babbage's employees who are very traumatized <laughs> by the number of calls that I gave uh, gave them because this was before games had like a uh, like a solid release date that mm-hmm. they would ever have um so I had pre-ordered it I had gone there and put down my $5 of you know however I earned money at that time <laughs> right <laughs> I have no right. recollection <laughs> um but uh but yeah like I called them pretty much every day for when I knew it was going to come out to roughly when it came out and then you know a decade later I would be cursing myself because the same kids would be calling me uh, right, right, right. <laughs> you know when i was working at my game retail job uh but uh but yeah so so i i i, I put down full price when it came out and i played the shit out of it because it came out during the summertime and uh and yeah like i really really liked it as a pokemaniac um at that time and uh and, and yeah uh, i've i you know i've held on to it ever since you know, in fact, like we'll talk about a little bit later, but the printouts that you get from uh, from Blockbuster, I know that I still have it around here somewhere. Mm-hmm. I just haven't found it because I was going to snap a picture for the uh, for the Facebook wall, um, but uh, I could not find it. Yeah, no, it's a it's a long and storied history of uh, of phone calls to uh, to GameStops and Babbage's and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, 
That yeah. was my that was my experience. Was uh, was one glorious summer between I believe fifth and sixth grade. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk about the different areas. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So starting off with the beach. So this uh, this is kind of the uh, the easy version. Uh, stuff moves really slowly here, um, and there are not so many opportunities for uh, crazy stuff. I would say that uh, you know you're you're always going to see the Pidgeys uh, throwing a tornado at, mm-hmm. uh, at the Meowth, uh, who has been hounding them the entire stage, uh, which is pretty cool because there are these little stories that pop up throughout the entire thread, right? Yeah, that's kind of the 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 most notable thing that you learn in this level is that there's these little mini narratives that will play out um, throughout the stages. And this one, it's a Meowth chasing these various Pidgeys. And uh, you can kind of save the Pidgeys by knocking out the Meowth by throwing a, an apple at him. You don't start out with the apple. No. Which is really frustrating. Um, they really ramp you up slowly. Yeah. And I, I would like them to maybe go a little further in the end and start you off a little bit further along. Yeah. Um, having something to do other than just take pictures is very useful. Um, but I think that the, the they always do the tornadoes, but more Pidgeys show up if you've saved more of them. Right. Through the stage. So it is always, it's, you know, it's mostly the same, but, you know, you are making a difference. Right. There. Not as much as it happens later within the uh, the cave level that there's kind of more of a direct right. uh, predecessor, predecessor to this. Yeah. But, yeah, these little kind of miniature stories. And then the, they introduce the puzzle elements right off the bat, too, because there's this, Pokemon, or this Pikachu just staring at you with his doll eyes, you know. <laughs> and if you can get him close enough to a surfboard, he'll do a little pose for you. Yeah. And that's worth a lot of points. Like the uh, getting them to do something special um, is worth a set number of bonus points on top of your score. Right. I forget. Is that multiplied uh, when you get them in the center of your shot? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it. Yep. So that's yeah. That's the way the scoring works. Is uh, getting you know size and pose are worth static amounts, and having a special pose or having multiple Pokemon, and then if he's right in the center, you get it doubles your total score. Right. So. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of other uh, special things you can get here. So uh, if you play the polka flute anywhere in the stage uh, where the water is visible, a Lapras will show up, kind of being mm-hmm. like uh, like Nessie out there in the distance. And uh, mm-hmm. getting a good shot of him is difficult, but uh, but it's very uh, rewarding just because he is a super rare Pokemon. Yeah, and you can get yeah. shitty shots of him before you get the flute oh, really? if you want. But yeah, oh. you can take pictures of him. He, he kind of drifts in and out of vision. Okay. But the uh, and and the your camera and Professor Oak will recognize it yeah, as yeah. Lapras, but you won't get very many points. Yeah, you won't have a reason. So like maybe if you take an errant shot, you will get it. But uh, but because N sixty four everything is muddy and like four pixels by five pixels. Right. Right. There's a lot of fog in the way, and sometimes yeah, it's yeah. worth getting those little shitty pictures to get an extra five hundred points. Yeah. Here and there, because if that puts you over the edge. Oh, it you gives know? you yeah, it gives you a new uh, it puts you into a new level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you're you're never going to keep that one forever. But like on my first run through here, I always take a picture of Lapras just to get a little bit more and get me a little bit closer to getting the pester ball. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Um, also, there are like Snorlax and Kangaskhan, which are uh, pretty rare. <laughs> like, why yeah. am I talking about the like the general rarity of Pokemon? Yeah. In this? Like, it's <laughs> yeah, so it ingrained in me. Like, I just know that those are like like mid to late tier Pokemon. So I like, oh man, it's a Snorlax. Ah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yeah. I like the um uh the the Vulpix chasing the ball that turns <laughs> yeah. up to be a chancy when you when you zap it. Yeah. That's gonna give you tons of points. Yeah, that's something and, that uh, uh like so if you if you take a picture of something that is not identifiable as a chancy or a Snorlax, it won't actually register as being a thing. So that is very much a clue uh to come back later when you can coax them out of their uh ball or uh dormant forms. Right. Right. It, it's moving, so it's a Pokemon. Yeah. Of some kind. But the uh yeah, you have to, uh, Chansey's a weird fucking Pokemon. <laughs> I like Chansey like a lot. It's, I like Chansey too, but Chansey's real strange. Yeah. And he does a big egg monster. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so you get, you know, go through this level a bunch of times and it's, you know, nice introductory Green Hill Zone. Um, but next you're going into a tunnel, which is, I like this level a lot, like this electric, you know, kind of power company. Yeah, yeah. And, and that lines up with, uh, with, uh, some of the levels from the, from Pokemon Red and Blue, which are like electric types gravitate towards power plants and that's what this is yeah most of each uh, area kind of has its own ecology yeah you know that makes sense for the pokemon they're going to be within it which is really neat um and this one also you have a little bit more agency because you have these voltorbs and you know hitting them pisses them off they blow <laughs> up and that can make various things happen yeah um you're always gonna get a lot of points getting one exploding or it blowing up another guy mm-hmm. you know um those uh electro buzzes yeah. Uh, which I, I don't like that Pokemon very much. Right. Um, but the, you have to blow one up in order to make the uh, the Kakunas mm. fall down from the sky. Yeah. Things like that. So yeah, uh, and I love Voltorbs uh, just because. Yeah, Voltorbs are, are great. <laughs> like the electric type uh, Pokemon, especially the robot ones. Like they they get very uncreative with them. So Voltorb just bigger version of Electrode, and also um, I might have that backwards. I forget. Also, Magneton is different than Magnetite, only in that they're a swarm. Yeah, it's a swarm. Yeah. Exactly. Same thing with like a Doug Trio. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, I love the way that Voltorbs are, they're, they disguise, like they're lower when you look at them, they disguise themselves as Pokemon, or Pokeballs rather. Yeah. To blow up people who are picking up Pokeballs <laughs> in the grass, which is what you spend the, the games doing. Yep. So it's pretty, and I think in the in, in red and blue, I think that when you're in the power plant, you go to Pokeballs that are treasure chests. And then you do fights with Voltorbs. Nice. And there, which is cool. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> I love Pokemon. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> but <Three>. yeah. <laughs> there, there are a couple puzzles here. Like once you get the, uh, once you get the Poke Flute, you can, uh, uh, access my absolute favorite Pokemon, which is Zapdos mm-hmm. by, uh, by convincing a Pikachu to, uh, zap an egg. Um, all of the, uh, legendary birds are in this one. Um, yep. But, uh, yeah, the Zapdos serves uh, an extra purpose, which is he restarts the generator like he opens the power plant back up. Yep, which uh, is useful for c- collecting the Pokemon sign from this level, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah. Right? Is that, That's what it does. It creates the uh, uh, the, the silhouette. Yeah, the silhouette of the pincer. Get... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So useful later on. Mm-hmm. but um, And you can't do it until later, too, yeah. which makes sense. Yeah. Um, Next, we're in the volcano, which is the fire area. Um, this is real neat again. Yep. Too. Um, you get to see all three stages of the Charmander's evolution. Yeah. This is the only one of the starters where you get to do that. Um, basically, by knocking into some lava, or getting some fire breathed on it, um, it will <laughs> it will turn into a a Charmeleon or a Charizard. Yeah. As you go. I love the uh, I love the Charmander slash Magmar um, interaction for mm-hmm. that. Where you throw the food in between them, and then the Magmar uh, fire breathes the Charmander. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. Uh, for as much as I really don't like Magmar, as much as you don't like Electrobuzz, I don't yeah. like either of them. Yeah, just the, the elemental dude thing. <laughs> uh, Magmar is a little bit worse because of that bro. weird snout. 
Yeah, yeah, the, uh, no, and his, and his like weird furrowed brow. Yeah. The uh, legendary bird for this level is the easiest one to get, and yeah, it's because nice it's because right it will, and it stops you, so you can spend some time. Um, my favorite picture that I actually got was you throw an apple down, and a charmander comes out. And the trick is, if you throw a bunch of apples out, a whole bunch of charmanders will come over the hill. Oh, and you can get seven or eight of them all gathered around. That's the best charmander picture you can get. Yeah. But then I threw a pester ball right in the middle, and they all got knocked out in unison <laughs> and fell down. And I had they they open like a flower. <laughs> like they all gathered around this apple and then I hit the pester ball in the middle and they all bloomed, like blossomed <laughs> and took that picture. And he said it was worse than the one where they were happy, but I kept it anyway because I liked it better. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Which you should do. Like if you like this picture, keep it. Yeah, you don't lose points for choosing a, a less optimal picture. It's right. just which one's on the record. Uh-huh. So choose the one you like best. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you, you, you get more uh, opportunity to frame Moltres up. Which, yeah. uh, which is important as they emerge from their uh, crazy eggs. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think this is the first This is the first one with a an actual switch that you have to hit to do the branching path at the end. The, the tunnel, you have, to, uh, you have to throw Pokemon food at the Voltorb to, uh, to blow open the path to the volcano. You're right. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The volcano, yeah. You, have to, uh, you have to just get more score. You're I right. Believe. Yep. Yeah. The river has an alternate exit at the end. Yeah, yeah, because it has the has the polygon that is in uh full stealth camo. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or Porygon yep. rather. Porygon. Yeah. I was I was trying to make it less racist and I made it you're, more racist. You're thinking of a middle brow <laughs> games website that thinks it's you know smarter than it is. Yep. Um Yeah. So so you uh you go to the river, which I like the river a lot. Uh-huh. Um this is like the uh uh scummy kind of you know, swampy area too. Yep. Um, you know, this is all muddy, gross water. This is, the, there's a vile plume here, uh-huh. I think. And those things are nasty. Yeah. They're, they're, they're corpse flowers. Yeah. So <laughs> my least favorite, uh, Pokemon, yep. um, we need the flute for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the beginning though, I'm actually thinking of the, the valley that has the squirtles. This yeah, one does yeah. not have squirtles in the beginning. Nope. But uh, so. this one does have the slow pokes at the beginning. Which, oh, uh, I love that. Yeah. yeah we, you know, getting the slow poke to evolve, which I love the way the slow pokes evolve. Uh huh. Like, it is a different creature if another creature is biting onto its tail. Yeah. That's so good. Uh-huh. Um, it gets bigger, and it also gains psychic powers. Yep, exactly. Yeah. By having a clam bite onto its tail. Getting the uh, the cloister, which is the, the big clitoral Pokemon, <laughs> uh, they don't always appear. And, like, when I was watching the speeder on there saying, like, he, you know, they don't actually know what makes them appear. Really? It seems to be random, yeah. Yeah, speedrunners so, don't know that, too. Yeah, so there's just a lot of things you, that people try, but none of it is consistent to try to make cloisters appear, and that can be that can really affect your speed run if you're able to get a picture of a cloister rather than a uh, um, the thing before Sheldar, it. yeah, Sheldar, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I love the uh, the river because that's where you can get a Bulbasaur, which is one of my favorite yeah. Uh, starters. Actually, yeah, I like Bulb- the Bulbasaur is my favorite starter. Yeah, I love Bulbasaur. So to pick first, mm-hmm. going after Brock. I'm, I got your number, Brock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't always choose the grass one, but I tend to because they 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 strike me as cuter. Yeah, for longer. Yeah. Also, so. this has Psyduck, which uh, is instant comedy for me. Yeah, Psyduck is great. Yeah, yeah. He's a real goof. Yeah, I, I wish he wouldn't evolve into like Goldar or whatever. Yeah, uh, Golduck sucks. Was. I mean, yeah. Pokemon. We have talked about this before, but as they get stronger, <laughs> they just get uglier and grosser. Yeah. You know, they're just uh, Raichu's Ugh. distasteful. Golduck's a real problem. Like 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 a, r- a like champ. A- <laughs> oh. Like, yeah. like like Raichu is problematic, but so is uh, so is uh, Pichu. Like I don't like Pichu. Yeah, I don't care for Pichu either. Yeah. You're right. 
And like, um, and I like Pikachu is from my favorite Pokemon games, so why does that bother me? Like, it's not like it's Tony Hawk syndrome where it came later, therefore it's bad. He's just know? a bad design. Yeah, like he's just not very cool looking. The uh, the starters all turn you know pretty neat. Yeah, like, I like yeah. the Blastoise having the big water bazookas on his back. Like I can get into that. <laughs> yeah, Venusaur. Uh, out of all of cool them, like yeah. yeah, Charizard's probably the most boring. Like, yeah. and I love a dragon, but Charizard's not very interesting. Yeah, he doesn't have like a full blooming crazy uh, flower on his back. In uh, in Y, which I'm playing now, I have I have evolved my uh, my starter, my Froakie, to the end, which that thing's yeah. great. Um, he's like this cool frog ninja thing, and his uh, he's got this scarf that is made out of I think it's foam <laughs> around it, like just like frog foam. Um, that thing looks really cool. So this is a, a pertinent conversation ninja. that I want to have yeah. with you, actually. Uh, so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought okay. you were done. Uh, but uh, but but your strategy for picking Pokemon games uh, to get out of the pair. Do you go with the one that you think is going to be less popular? No, I go with the one that the uh, the legendary creature on the front looks the coolest. Okay. To me. So I think that those two coincide for me because I've mm. always gone like I went I went red, uh, silver, pearl, and then uh, and then Y was my okay. uh, like was what was my progression. And all of those have have like gone against what the majority of my peers have gone for. That's mostly what I did as well. I think I played yeah. gold. Rather than silver. Okay. Um, but other than that, I mostly stuck with you. And yeah. then I played uh, Pokemon White when with black and white. Yeah. No. So. I, I didn't do that generation. Or did yeah, I do, and that's uh, a fi- I didn't do Sapphire or Ruby either. But. I, I skipped Sapphire and Ruby. And I skipped, uh, and, and I think this, skipping black and white is just fine. Yeah. Um, but the new one I like. Yeah. No, I have Y. Um, it's uh, shrink wrapped, but I have it. Yeah. I just, I just like that giant bird. You know, I've got an affection for giant <laughs> bird Pokemon more than I do the giant deer. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I, like, I don't think that's cool. Like a giant deer. deer. Might as well yeah, make a giant... giant goose Pokemon. Oh, you mean those things that make you nervous when I'm driving? No, thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like those things I live in fear of because I'm in the Middle West. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> the Middle West. I can't West. drive on the highway in the, at night shit. anymore. Thanks, yeah. Pokemon X. Yeah. Is it Crackamack or whatever the fuck it's <laughs> called? Like, <laughs> yeah, legendary yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. But uh, when you activate the Porygon, um, I, I forget if you can get a picture of him. Can you? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's hard though. It's better to do on on later trips. Yeah. yeah. And there are other Porygon other than just that one. I think in the walls. Okay, you so, just have to watch for uh, for what looks like graphical glitches, which yeah. got me this time. Like I remembered really everything. Por- I remembered all of the Pokemon signs. I remembered all of that, but getting past the river was so mm-hmm. was such a problem for me. Because I couldn't identify the Porygon as uh, as as that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, luckily, when you do so, though, you go to the next stage, which is my favorite in the game. Oh yeah, uh, because it has the most interactivity um, and the kind of the highest stakes. Yeah, like you have a limited, more limited window. Yeah, for things, and there's kind of more trickery you have to do. So the cave, um, which you are descending, like you are actually floating. This is an all-terrain and all-sky vehicle. Um, but there's a lot of cool things that happen here. So like. Um, there are Grimers, which you have to do the uh, use your speed up technique, which you get later uh-huh. to get down to them before they decide to leave. Right. Uh, you run into uh, coughings and uh, uh, the whatever the other thing is, wheezing. Yeah, like the. Uh, do, do you get a wheezing here? Or is there, no, you don't. You don't actually Zubats. get a wheezing. Or Zubats. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> well, Zubats, Zubats made an appearance before too. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, yeah, no wheezings, but I love coughings. Yeah. Um, and there's this whole little they bit look of like gigantic like cysts. Yeah, they're yeah, they're just big poison gas clouds. Yep. They, they just say copper. <laughs> um, 
the uh, and then the whole the whole bit with saving the uh, Jigglypuffs from them. Yeah, which is really ter- crazy. Like it requires some real like hail mary throws. Oh, definitely. Yeah, before before, before, they, before your uh, window of opportunity closes. Um, yeah, yeah. Like it's, which which it's, I really like. And then the whole idea of um, the dittos disguising <laughs> as the Bulbasaurs. I love this. Yeah. My, my best shot of a Bulbasaur is not of a Bulbasaur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I love the way that they look subtly different. Uh-huh. You know, it looks like Odo. When Odo from uh, Deep Space Nine yeah. would disguise himself as, 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 disguise himself as a person, a specific person, uh-huh. it would like look not quite right. Right. Well, it's the, it's the eyes. They have ditto yeah. eyes, but not like the big Bulbasaur anime eyes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you and you can get a uh, you can get a whole gaggle of dittos in a shot, which is pretty nice to give mm-hmm. you plenty of time to uh, to interact with them. And uh, mm-hmm. I like dittos a lot, like from a, from a design perspective, right? Yeah, me too. Yeah, dittos are cool. Yeah, I I, I don't think they're a very good Pokemon to use. No, no. But I like the idea. I like the idea of them. Same thing with Porygons. Like I'm not going to use a Porygon. <laughs> exactly. But, um, they look cool. Yeah. But um, uh, but the big thing is that you rescue all the Jigglypuffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's another right. You do the rescue of the Pikachu too here. The Pikachu oh as well. yeah, yeah! You can make him into a balloonachu or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of like saving animals. Like uh-huh. th- this is the most dangerous place in Pokemon Snap. <laughs> is this cave? Oh, a place you cannot die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, this is uh, the uh, the final um, legendary bird, the Articuno, which is um, in the version that I played. Uh, the fully blackfaced Jinx uh, will awaken our Articuno with uh, with the Pokemon uh, flute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you get that, and uh, yeah, and then yeah. you know the whole bit of uh, yeah rescuing Zapdos and having him turn the generator back on. That you was do in that the back in the tunnel. That was yeah. in the tunnel, and this is a misplaced note. Okay, I was I was thinking maybe there's some synergy between them. Like maybe once you activated Zapdos, it changed something here that I didn't know about. No. Where that? I was like, oh, huh. Yeah. No. But um, like that—that that is a thing you think is possible is a testament to the game. Um, with these interactions that it brings to you, which is my sure. perfect way of getting around making that mistake with the notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the big thing is the Jigglypuff concert. So if you saved, you know, the Jigglypuffs you save will sing a little song for you at the end. And uh, it's cute as a button. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, they, you can they, you can hit them all with pester balls if you want. Yep. Or they get really, really upset with you if you play the Pokemon flute over their concert. Yeah, yeah which is really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, super cute. Yeah. Yep. Oh man, Jigglypuff is a little Pokemon that could because like it had no reason from the from the original games to be as like prolific as it was. But mm-hmm. I think maybe Super Smash Brothers or possibly the anime did it for them, which made them like the canonical Pokemon or one yeah. of them, right? Yeah, I was really into them. Um, I really like that it, it turns into a Wigglytuff. Yeah, like that's very funny to me. <laughs> like I really like the idea of like a situation, you know, you need to switch from being a Jigglypuff to Wigglytuff about it. I think that's great. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. I like that Pokemon as well. Yeah. And then finally the valley, which is the hardest level in the game. You move so fast through this. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of Pokemon you're never gonna get a real good shot of. Yeah, there's uh, I the... felt like I never got a good Mankey. I never got a good Mankey. Um I never got a good uh Graveler. Or uh, Sandshrew. Yeah. Like, Sandshrew, there's one of them, and he goes away like that. Yeah. Right? This is also where uh, you can get a Goldeen out of the water, but not really, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, the, like the, the, that is the one that is, uh, has, has really derailed most people, actually, uh, from getting the full 63. And there's a weird little interaction with the, um, the Starmies. 
Yeah. They go around you where like you have to take perfect pictures of them and if you take enough of them they'll do something. Yeah, they'll like and, dance uh, around you a little bit. Yeah, and then if you get to a certain point and they're dancing around you, they'll they'll switch into whatever Starmie turns into. Um yeah, star, but the, star uh, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, which is hard to take pictures of as well. Just a lot of like fast moving things. Yeah. The sky. I forget that waterfall is that where uh, Gyarados comes from? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have to you have to throw um Something into the water to make a Magikarp pop out, and then Gyarados will jump out and grab it. Yeah. So. And this is also where you have to uh, you have to raise a Dragonite in order to get. Yeah. It, or sorry, a Dragini or whatever it is. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from the Whirlpool, you can get a Dragonite out. So there's there's a bunch of like really cool like I would say maybe B plus tier Pokemon that are here, mm-hmm. um, which are real nice. Like that's where I like to be at um, in Pokemon style, mm-hmm. like the weird uh, rock slash water type kind of guys yeah um and this is this is where they live and that's where they congregate yeah yeah um after you get through this um and you get to a certain point regimen um or kind of level the pokemon professor will mention the pokemon signs right that he wants you to go get and in order to get there you actually have to do uh you have to manky bowl you have to oh, uh, yeah, yeah. you have to throw pester balls at those squirtles in order to knock a manky off of his mountain in order to get him to hit a button in order to get to Professor Oak's hidden cabin on the yeah. side. Yeah. Yeah, which that's hard. It's really trial and error. Too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no, no real relation between where it's the uh, right by the end of the uh, it's right by the end of the level too. Right. And there's no relation to the the squirrel you're going to hit to the manky. Right. You know, knowing which one is going to hit the manky. Right. So Tricky. It's always um, the leftmost one. It takes a long time to figure that out, but you get it. Yeah, and when yeah. you can't just hit it any time too, because you're you're changing the angle, right? Yeah, it has to be like line of sight. So yeah, it's line of sight plus or minus whatever uh, time slash distance it takes to throw your uh, pokeball at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's real. Uh, it's 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 real annoying. I probably tried it five times yesterday before I got yeah. it. But and this yeah. is before you can speed through the level, so this is pretty annoying. Yeah, yeah, like having to do this over and over. Um, but you, uh, he tells you about these Pokemon signs, which are weird. Like they're just kind of, uh, suggestions and shapes of Pokemon. Yep. You can find in the wild. And, uh, you had to go through and get all six of them from each of the stages. Yeah. And you probably noticed one or many of these as you went through just kind of oddities. The one it starts you off with is real obvious, which is, oh, that's a Doug trio in the distance in this very level, which is yeah. what, like the one you have to get in order to get the, uh, the boost. But yeah, you you mm-hmm. probably notice like, huh, that's a weird sparkly wall. Or when I look at this particular area, that is a uh, Klingler, right? Yeah, the Kling- the Klingler is really easy to to spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you go through and you take a picture of this geography that looks like Pokemon, and once you get all of those, you get to go to the boss battle of the game, which it's like kind of weird to have this, you know, like a boss fight uh-huh. in the game. Like I I guess I get it, uh-huh. you know, but. Uh, it's this weird encounter with Mew where uh, he you hit him with uh, with projectiles and he throws shields at you and you have to continue to do this yeah. until he drops his shields. You can take pictures of him. Yeah. The idea being like once he drops his shields, you can hit him with uh, with one of your items in order to get him closer to you. Otherwise, you just you, you beat the game once you get a picture of him. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, in order to get the best picture, you actually have to be like a real crack shot with uh, with whatever your uh, your tossed items are. In order to yeah. get there, and that's the that, that that's the real boss fight to this. Yep, and it's a nice um, synergy with uh, you know with the games where Mew is a super rare. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, like for that first year or so, Mew was like a rumor. Like Mew yeah. was what you were uh, 
using game genies in order to go to that hidden truck. Yeah, on, the uh, truck outside island. the ship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in order to, you know, get uh, Missigno and ruining your entire uh, save file to get. Yeah. Right? Like, Mew was just something that was maybe handed out at the Pokemon League, possibly, but uh, it was really just a tie-in for the movie and et cetera, et cetera. So it was, yep. it was awesome synergy to make him this, uh, to make him this great, uh, this great elusive item. And it provided this, uh, great narrative, uh, reason for you to be taking pictures of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and uh, that's Pokemon. That's yeah. Pokemon snap. There's not very much replay value to it. I still kind of pick it out every couple of years uh-huh. just to, uh, to run through it because it is very short. Um, and chill. Yep. It's a one setting game. Yeah. Yeah. Which I like. Um, weirdly, when it came out, there was this odd um, bit in Blockbuster stores yeah. or Lawson stores where you could play the game and print out stickers of the shots you've made. Right. Um, which is an odd thing. Like, wanting a little sticker. Like, it's neat, the idea that you did it. Uh-huh. But none of them are going to make, like, particularly cool stickers. And I don't remember, like, I, I don't remember seeing any of the actual stickers. I imagine like the that the resolution is just dreadful. Like I imagine it being sub or the same as a Game Boy camera. Yeah, they're about like an inch by an inch. Um, I, mm-hmm. I swear, I, I swear that I have one laying around, or maybe a couple of like maybe Pokemon or uh, uh, Pikachu surfing. Yeah, Pokemon surfing, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and Zapdos Zapdos emerging from his uh, from his egg. Um, just a couple of those. Um, I forget if it costs money because when you're that young, you don't realize things cost money. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they're like, they, they are pretty bad, but it's like a neat little keepsake to have 20 years later. Right. It is a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, it's the kind of thing that is only of its time and place. Like they never replicated it and they really couldn't, no. even though there was like the Game Boy camera. Um, but that, you know, that's the only kind of actual printing technology that's yeah. gone with a, a Nintendo product. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. they tried to replicate it a little bit with the, uh, the, with the PAL version of the virtual console release. Uh, where you could share some of your shots to the uh, Wii bulletin board, uh, where nobody would ever ever see them because Nintendo does not know how to do does not know how to do online services. Yeah, yeah, and you know I'm not that interested in checking out other people's Pokemon uh, Snap pictures anyway. No, no, because I know the tricks. So yeah, yeah, like you might be able to do some funny things, but um, I don't need to have that kind of sharing. Yeah. Like I would like to people. see that Charmander shot, but yeah, 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 it's still on my my <laughs> computer. Maybe I'll take a. Just take a snapshot yep. on my screen. Um, but yeah, that's Pokemon Snap. Yep. No real sequel was ever produced, and uh, none of us got the uh, exposure-selecting, exposure lens-selecting uh, sequel we ever wanted. Um, yep. Although this kind of photography thing, we talked about it in Bioshock uh, with being mm-hmm. graded on the uh, the type of, of shots that you get with the uh, research camera on the enemies. But also uh, Dead Rising is a pretty good implementation of that. Beyond Good and Evil, which uh, I think we'll get to one day, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. feels like a watch out for fireballs game. Yeah, um, and then after, yeah, there's as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there there are several games that have have done it and have a and there were other games that had kind of a photography element, but not in the first person. Right. The uh, Sega Genesis Spider Man game. You ever play that? Uh there were so many of them that I cannot say. The uh, the first one had a photography element to it, so oh, you wow. would. Yeah, it was, it was, you would try to take a picture, I'm um, similar to like Dark Cloud 2, which is another big photography game, but you would try to, uh, take a picture of bosses as Spider-Man before you fought them, and the closer you were to them, the more points you would get. Oh, wow. Um, so you had this risk reward, and that's how you refilled your web shooters, was selling pictures of these, uh, these bosses. Yeah. J. Jones Jameson as, uh, Peter Parker. Yeah. 
So pretty neat for like a 1994, you know, Genesis game yeah. to do something like that. But, but yeah, I mean, just the, the, the notion. So, so many games are about shooting because pointing at things, um, immediately means you shoot at them. Right. But mm-hmm. the photography is such an awesome surrogate for that. Like this very easily in some kind of like worst possible version of the world could have been Pokemon Safari where you're going around trying to get like Scyther claws. You mean uh, it could have been Yoshi's Safari <laughs> for the Super Scope, Super Scope 6. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, which is Mario on the back of a Yoshi shooting at Goombas and stuff with a bazooka. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, like you just going around trying to get Scyther claws to be spoilers for your Corvette. Yeah, <laughs> or collecting 10 of them for professor quest and lavender town yeah. <laughs> you know yeah yeah but it's not it's there's there's no there's so little conflict mm-hmm. to it which is not something i want from all video games right but it's refreshing and it's neat to see it this early and you know with this kind of skin that i already like yeah very much so so, so we are pro mm-hmm. pokemon snap mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah if you've never played it, i think it's worth checking out yeah um yeah and i think that's it for our, our do episode as, as always, when we experiment, uh-huh. uh, tell us what you think. Please do. Um, yeah, we always want to know if this is working or not when we fuck around with the formula. Yeah. Yeah. So that is uh duckfeed.tv slash contact or, uh, check us out on Facebook. That is facebook.com slash watch out for fireballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are we doing next, Gary? Uh, next we are being joined by friend of ours, friend of mine, friend of yours and kiss our backer, Brayton Cameron yeah. to talk about masters of Orion two. Yeah. Yep. I'm excited about that, although the game is inscrutable to me right now, so I might need some kind of beginner's guide. I mean, I was going to, in, in, uh, I played it before, but I haven't put in as much time as Brayden has, and I was going to ask him to send us both a, like something a primer. To that. Yeah. yeah. Something like, yeah. Um, so, but similar to Heroes of Might Magic 3, which was also inscrutable to me at first. Yep. Continuing strategy kind of winter. Through. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So a nice, uh, the nice thing about this Kickstarter thing, it turns out people who want to give us money also want to see us. <laughs> do some uh, kind of stretch our wheelhouse a little bit. Yeah. And we're happy to do so. Yeah, definitely. Makes for a After that. Product. Well, after we that, are... we are doing, um, this is another guest episode, um, and that is Link to the Past. Holy shit, Gary. Yeah. Yeah. One of the uh, the very few games under the, like, in case of really terrible games, break glass <laughs> yeah. thing. You know, this is, uh, you know, one of the uh, most popular and fondly remembered games that we've done. Yep. It's up there with, like, a Final Fantasy VII. Yep. Um, and it's, it's my favorite Zelda game. So right. I'm looking forward to hitting up my favorite Zelda game. Yeah. No, I'm going to do it like in a suite with uh, Link to the Past and A Link Between Worlds. Uh, mm, because that's pretty that cool. is a thing I could do. Um, so yeah, I am very much looking forward to that. We are going to be joined by Kickstarter backer Brad. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Brad. And frequent contributor. You've seen him on Facebook and stuff. Yeah. yeah. If you're, if you're on there. So he is installed. Really looking, yeah. Really looking forward to that. Uh-huh. Um, are we going to go one more? Or no? Uh, I mean, we've, we've, we've talked to the guy, right? And we're going to do it regardless. So we like to, we like to stay three ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. I will go ahead. I don't have it right in front of me. <laughs> I do. I'm looking up on my whiteboard. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, next after that is going to be a continuation of our watch out for lens flare series, uh, which is deadly premonition. Yes. Yes. Indeed. So, bada bing, bada boom. And bada yes, I have, uh, I've, Recently, and we're going to be joined. So this is three guest episodes in a row. <laughs> Hopefully, you guys are fine with that. But we're going to be joined by uh, my friend and yours, Bob Mackey. Yeah. From uh, from the Retronauts. Definitely. Yeah. So, I, so I, I'm looking forward to that. I love this game. Um, I love the tone. I love everything about it. 
as an open world uh, survival horror game. And I'm hoping you guys do as well. There was a lot of clamor, actually, before we selected this. Uh, this was my pick uh, for the Watch Out for Lens Flare series. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, y'all seem to like it, too. And I'm excited to have this be in our, uh, in, our wheelha- in our wheelhouse for this kind of examination. And I have never played it. No. And I know Bob really loves it. So if I really dislike it, if you want to see me get real <laughs> scrappy against two titans of podcasting, like that, that's what it will be. It will be me... Uh, in real defensive and ornery. Um, I don't think so. It looks really, it looks really yeah. cool. So I'm I really s- looking forward to playing I it. I sent you a copy of it. It's free, dog. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I know. I just haven't played it yet. I, I wanted to play it for the show. I didn't want to like have to refresh my memory again, yeah, yeah. you know, six months down the road. But I I'm, I'm definitely going to play it. Yeah. And uh, and that's easy to get hold of now. It was released on Steam but uh, and got patched yeah, to make it work. Immediately. Um, yeah. So super easy to get a hold of. Yep. Every major system uh, of, you know, that, that people are likely to have in their houses, you can play it on. So, yep. Um, look forward to listening to those episodes. Look forward to and continue to and go back in time and listen to episodes of our other shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Abject Suffering. Can, yep. Which is a bad game uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Bonfireside Chat. At the time this comes out, we will be wrapping up to uh, finishing up our discussion of Berserk and discussing King, uh, discussing Kingsfield yeah. on our path to Dark Souls 2. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, we're very much looking forward to that. It's so close, Gary. It's, it's very gonna, close. It's, it's going to be like the entirety of my experience for that like week. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I'm going to deep dive. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to be real I good. I can handle it. I need everything about it that it will be. I'm just looking so I'm really happy that I've been kind of a blackout. I'm going to do that first playthrough without checking anything. Oh, yeah online because i really want to be like even if i won't be the first person in the world to discover it, i want to be the person who figures out that you can go talk to kath <laughs> you know on my own like have it be like oh you know what i could probably take these bosses in this order i wonder if anything weird happens if i do i'm debating whether or not i want to stream or record my first playthrough i'm i'm not going to yeah i no. want to be able to i just don't it takes longer to do that yeah um because you have to set up all the things and you have to be cognizant of what you're saying um, I just want to have a, a pure, yeah. you know, just me in the game once. I want to be able to take notes is my, is my big thing. Yeah. That's, which that's is my, our thing too. Which is my uh, primary reason not to, but, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is not the dark souls podcast. Not yet. Uh, if you um, like more video games, you can check out, check it out comrade, uh, which yeah. I'll never not say, check out, check out comrade. Uh, which, it is a, yeah. yeah, the most recent episode is about uh, Nidhogg, which is mm-hmm. a game I'm very interested in, and I like their treatment of it, and also Dust and Elysian Tale. Yeah, yeah, which I I, th- I find less successful, <laughs> but, uh, but Nidhogg is great. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I I also do just a couple of shows that are winding down uh, the pitch and pilot season, but they are evergreen, so well worth your time. And uh, Dead Idea Valhalla, for that matter, um, you can check out on Duckfeed.tv, where you'll also find the level, which yep. is Cole's roundtable video game discussion show. Um, those damn Ross kids, which is an eminent, eminently returning. Oh no! Like it's already returned by the time you're hearing this. It's uh, oh great! Like as we're recording, it's already set to auto publish. So don't do, do not worry. Yep. No, nothing can happen to take it away from you. And then uh, Hexcrank, which yep. is a survival horror pl- blog that uh, Cole does, <laughs> which is slogging along at a glacial pace as I try and beat Sweet. Survival horror slog. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, and all of that is available on the newly redesigned DuckFeed.tv website. So if you uh, take a look at it and you have any feedback, positive or negative, let me know. Uh, because mm-hmm. the way we, the way that we present ourselves to the world is uh, is important, right? Right. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, yeah, I think that's probably about it. Just about it. Uh, the usual avenues of support, uh, which are uh, doing the uh, tip jar, the uh, the Amazon. If you're going to be buying anything on there, just use that uh, tip jar link, dunfee.tv slash tip jar, and uh, 
uh, buy through there, we get a percentage. doesn't cost you anything extra, and uh, it goes a long way towards uh, keeping the lights on. Indeed. Yep. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, wrap this up. I agree. And we uh, when tell them what should they watch out for? Charmanders? Uh, Jaguars? Yeah. yeah. Watch out for uh, Charmanders. Watch out for Macbeths. Yeah. Moltres. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any number of fire type Pokemon, which do not have sentimental value to me. You love Quinto. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, new, new, ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah, ooh, yeah, too. Finally. Has double the memory. Yeah, no one ever buy that. Yeah. It's such a piece of trash. I no. played it at uh, PAX. It's really bad. I, it's a really bad system. It plays bad games. It exclusively, plays, like, the it, worst. It, it plays bad games. Information wants to be free. Therefore, pirate everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, open so. source everything. My, uh, my favorite, uh, let's see here. One of my favorite threads on something awful for a while was the Ouya appreciation thread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just because yeah. it was it was like a gamers.txt uh, catered specifically to uh, you know Bitcoiners, which is which is yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah, good luck everybody. Which is like if you good want a machine that is that, that that is entirely like emulation based, just get a Raspberry Pi. Like yeah. just, like just do that. It'll be fifty bucks, like with the with the with the case enclosure, and you're good. Yeah, like if you're such a Linux nerd techie, you'll be able to install the emulator and then get it over there. You're you're fine, but like mm-hmm. don't make it the movement. Oh, so angry. Sorry. I try people without the techie experience who still partake in the philosophy. Okay. Like they need something out of the box. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that has it. So. I need you to make my revolution easy. 